Welcome to the M3 Bear Essentials Podcast. I'll be your host, Malcolm Travers. Every Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern, I invite the contributors and editors of Mail Media Mind to introduce a topic of their choosing. Each week, we discuss topics ranging from politics to entertainment, lifestyle, sex and relationships, or whatever makes the news or makes us mad. If you'd like to be a part of the conversation, subscribe to us on YouTube. From there, you'll get a notification when we go live. Leave your comments and questions in the Q&A, and let us know what you think. Now, here's the show. And we are live. Uh, it is Sunday, November 14th, 2016, and welcome to the M3 Sunday Hangout. Male Media Mind is a grassroots organization dedicated to uplifting and unifying the Black Bear community through dialogue, insight, creativity, and knowledge. And every Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern, we meet to discuss the trending topics of the week and to give our unique perspectives on the world. We're here, and we have a special guest, um, Shaka Hazani, who authors the blog Get Your Love Life. Uh, welcome to our podcast. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And we have our panel to uh, ask some questions of you, uh, Xavier Spann. Uh, if you will go ahead and introduce yourself. Hello, everyone. My name is Xavier Spann. I'm a uh, forensic psychotherapist here in Atlanta, Georgia. How's everybody? Pretty good. You know, we'll glad to have you. And um, Lonnie. Hey, everybody. This is Lonnie, aka Jaybird. All right. Welcome, Lonnie. And Derek. Hello, everyone. Derek Anthony here. Um, just always wondering why I log in first and get introduced last. But I guess that's like the TV thing. Well, you, you know, know as you special guest. So I'm okay with that. You save the uh, best for last. Exactly, sure. exactly. <laughs> I <in> the rolls. <laughs> we, we're always uh, happy to have you. Actually, I, I usually introduce people just across this bottom of the screen. I have no idea why it, um, yeah, I know. <laughs> it does it like that. But for some reason, Ali, when he was on last night, was the only person who came in after. I don't know. But anyway. Um, yeah, we're going to um, discuss our regular trending topics. But after that, I want to um, ask uh, Shaka specific questions about his blog, um, just giving everyone a chance to like think of their topic. Because we also like to have all the contributors introduce their own topics for this week. Um, you know, obviously what's in the news is the election results. And we did a full three hours <laughs> on the election. And we probably still have plenty to discuss. I Actually, you know, I had a whole list of things as um, as the results were coming in. I was taking notes from the get go, like questions and topics we were going to discuss. And I still didn't get to everything last night. Um, it's OK. You got four years. Yeah, no. <laughs> I want to ask everyone if they saw Dave Chappelle last night. Did I you? did. It was really good. Wasn't it? it was. It was. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed it. I miss him. I really miss him. Um, yeah, I hope he is um, planning to do an actual comeback. Like, what do you know about, um, you know, his plans going forward? Well, I know he's still touring. Okay. Um, but I don't know if he's planning on doing TV again. You know, he got burned the last time. So. Yeah. He has this weird way of making white people laugh at racism. And I think it's good, but at the same time, I can see how that could be unnerving because you don't know if they're laughing with you or at you type deal. Um, 
that's what I got from some of the interviews he did in the past. And, you know, I don't think any of those issues have been resolved because when I saw those those um, laughter, it was a little uncomfortable at times. <laughs> but that's when you know that you're getting them because yes. it's supposed to be uncomfortable. Right, right. But I definitely enjoyed it. I got my life on that. I did. <laughs> um, yeah, I was. Yeah, I'll, I will. I'll stop there because I want to spoil because I'm a spoiler. But um, but yeah, if you hadn't seen those. Um, yeah, check that out. It was really good. Um, yeah, and he's on my trending right now. Actually, now I'm looking at the trending list. Donald Trump and Dave Chappelle. <laughs> and Chris Rock. Yes. I didn't, yeah. Chris Rock, I didn't see what Chris Rock said. What did Chris Rock say? Was it more of lying? Chris Rock just he did they they did a um they did a skit um where they were waiting for the election results to come in and Dave was surrounded by his white friends as he was kind of preparing them for what would possibly happen. And as their outrage is that me? Um let me double check. I don't think so. Um as their outrage and their realization started to come in. And he was kind of sitting there like, well, this is stuff black people have been dealing with since forever. And then his friend from next door, I guess, shows up to watch the election results with them. And it's Chris Rock. And right. then the two of them start to share this kind of enjoyment of watching the white people and what washes over them without saying a whole lot to each other. Right. <laughs> they just kind of look at each other and laugh as they say the most. It's like, how how could anyone? Yeah, it was great. It was it was a really good. Um, it was really well done skit. And um, and then uh, I think he did a skit where he revived some of his old characters from Chappelle's show and mixed it with The Walking Dead, <laughs> which was so ridiculous where he's playing Negan. And I just leave it there. Like, I, you can't. Yeah, no one does Dave Chappelle like Dave Chappelle. So there. But since we're mentioning it, I mm. want to give a special shout out to my friend Chris Reed, who was one of the gunmen in the set in the scene. Really? Yes. Oh wow, <laughs> that is cool. He was in the um, in the Saturday Night Live skit or the original? Yes. No, okay. in the Saturday Night Live skit. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's an actor here in New York City. Yes, that was cool. No, it was it was really good. Um, I really liked that skit. It was it was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, I mean Saturday Night Live, um, like we've talked about it a little bit, is um, is at least shown some ability to include people of color on their show. Um, I don't know. Um, yeah, you know, I guess election years have always been good for them. Anyway, the election years are always good for them. It's when they're kind of left out there, free floating where you get a lot of dick and fart jokes. <laughs> right. And they had plenty of those, too, last night. But, <laughs> you know. Um, Did they? A few. I mean, the one where they were, the where he was, the make-out one was kind of a fart dick joke type deal. Where, um, oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was great. Um, <laughs> no problem with those. But, yeah, I like the more uh, satire, you know. Um. But yeah, I mean, one of the things last night I was going to talk about with the Donald Trump thing was, um, you know, his sort of pivot. I mean, people were talking about like how, when was he going to pivot during the campaign? 
um, to being a more centrist or reasonable candidate. And it seems like he did at least he waited till after. (laughs) Okay, now I'll pivot because um, I think one of the things was interesting, obviously, like toward um, when people started to realize he was winning, um, global markets kind of went free in a free fall, Um, particularly like um, currency exchange markets dealing with Mexico and the peso like their currency started to devalue itself. Because there's like, oh, he's just gonna fuck up Mexico. Everybody was like divesting. It was it was crazy. Um, but then he gave his acceptance speech and everything kind of you know smoothed out. Um, but I mean that's good. At the same time, you know who he is, right? So we're just one we're one horrible speech away from an economic catastrophe. <laughs> <laughs> or being blown up by nuclear weapons. Yeah. Yeah. Think, about, think about Donald Trump is Donald Trump has always been the same old crazy racist bigot that the country has always known him to be. So, you know, especially if we go back to one of the earliest, uh, you know, attacks that he's done on people of color, if you look at the Central Park Five, and a lot of people, specifically uh, people of color, black people, I, I think it sort of escapes our memory how he just run on a tirade and those, all of them were innocent. So if yeah. like, well, how do you, you know, how do you reconcile that with our community? Right. When you say that the only thing that he promotes the most is police uh, reform or police, you know, fixing police brutality. If that's even in the car to him, it's like, okay, I get it. But why, why is our struggle only relative to interactions with police when it's just so much bigger than that? You know what I'm saying? That's one of the frustrations. along with everything else. I don't think you have to worry about that. He doesn't recognize police brutality existing between the police and black people anyway. So, yeah. But I I did find it interesting that he decided to... You know what I'm saying? That's one of the frustrations. You got a a whole lot going on over there, Malcolm. (laughs) No, no, I think that was Xavier that time. I was going to say... Shaka, if you happen to have headphones, that might help with the echo. Um, that's why I'm wearing these big old clunkers because there is, you know, the software is supposed to, you know, filter out the audio that comes out of your speakers. But, you know, if it doesn't. So I think that might be it. And I think, um, yeah, I should have done some more pre-planning for, <laughs> for the well, audio. Well, we did go on an hour early, so. Yeah, yeah. We kind of took up your pre, 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 pre-planning. Oh yeah. Um, what was I saying? I was making a point. Oh, um, apparently Trump released a ten-point plan for okay. his African Americans. Oh no! And he listed it on MediaTakeout.com because okay. it is the most gone-to African American site in the world. Okay. So and I remember then I did not even I've never been to you know if if it's not on my Facebook feed I've never been to mail I'm, I'm to media takeout okay. I've never been to the site before so I wasn't going to break my record now because um, <laughs> I was already scared if this is where if this is where you went you know if you didn't go to, I, I would accept that you go to bet.com or you know TV one actual news sites but no you went to wow. mediatakeout.com where you can see a fist fight on any given Sunday 
<laughs> Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday. But does he uh, does he even care about that? Because the only thing he cares about are ratings or whatever's number one, number one, number one. So anything that has that built in, exactly. Whether it's his ratchet or not, you know, I've yes. been. It's as ratchet as you could possibly be, and I hope they're watching. But yeah. you know, the thing about it is, like, can you? I mean, put it on a bigger platform, like you said, BET. Put it on TV One. You know, I would even say give it to Roland Martin. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's so many other different things you could do. I think he would never give it to Roland Martin, but I agree with you. I think you should give it to Roland Martin. Yeah. 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 Hell, give it to, uh, um, what's that child's name that I don't like? Um, oh, what is his name? The one that's always up Cornell West ass. Cornell? It'll come to me. <laughs> It'll come to me. I'll blurt it out at some point. That's a long list. <laughs> no, not really, because they all have to get past him, and I just can't think of what his name is. Is it um, Al Sharpton? No. Is it okay? No. It'll come to me. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to Google this uh, ten point plan. I see he has a ten point plan on um, immigration, but I'm seeing another one. He has a whole bunch of different ten point plans. It looks like. This is so dumb. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta read the one on immigration now because number one is build a wall, right? Like that is still on his list. I don't even understand that concept of building that wall. I mean, just I don't understand that concept. He doesn't understand it either. You know, he knows this is exactly what it's going to take to uh, get those people who were everybody who voted for him to get them in the polls, you know, and they did it, you know? I mean, well, the, concept, the concept of building a wall is what affluent white America has always done. If you look at a lot of quote unquote gated communities behind those gated communities are usually uh, Caucasian Americans because they feel or think that it makes them safer because they have this wall of protection and only certain entries allowed in. So by building this wall, his concept is, America will be protected from uh, illegal immigrants and free trade drugs from coming in and out. When all it does is it makes it where you have single access points for us to get things in and out. And what that's going to turn into is what it's always turned into. It just makes it a reason for people to have to do more things in order to do drug smuggling and mm-hmm. um, people smuggling and all that. It's, it's not going to really do. And then you also got to think about how do you truly pay for a wall that large, and then how do you maintain? Well, that is that was my point, and when I said I don't understand the concept, I mean the actual physical concept of oh, building okay, this yeah. wall. No, I understand right. the mentality behind it. I mean the actual physical. We gonna go out here and we gonna build this motherfucking wall, yeah. like the Berlin Wall, like the Great Wall of China. Well, you know what's funny about it is, is that whenever you put forth a policy proposal, there's there are independent groups that basically score how much it's going to cost. Mm-hmm. And so um, I was actually listening to the cost of the wall. Um, and it's not just the, the building of the wall or the maintaining of the wall, but also there's people own land along the border. Yes. You have to purchase all of the land that people own through eminent domain then build a wall, then maintain it. And like the price tag is fucking hilarious. <laughs> it's like, you know, in the trillions, it's, it's so stupid. <laughs> so, um, yeah. If he can't get um, Mexico to pay for it, because, you know, he's already said he's not paying for the expletive wall. 
Yeah. Who's t- I mean, that, that falls back on us. We don't know how much it is. We don't, we don't know how much it's going to cost. Like you said, we don't know how much it's going to cost. To what degree does it have to be maintained? And ultimately, it could be. It's a 50-50% chance that it's going to be a taxpayer responsibility. Uh, the states are not going to want to pick that up. So, I mean, right. what, what do we do in that? Right. Not only that, he has a tax tax cut policy, which he's going to try to push through the largest tax cut in American history, of course, because you can't, you know, you can't have the, you know, average tax cut. It has to be the no, best, the hugest, it has the to biggest. Be, it has to be bigly. <laughs> it has to be bigly. Yeah. So I think it would literally have in order for us to maintain our budget, we have to cut all spending by about 25 percent just to accommodate the tax cut or borrow more money, which is, you know, one of the things they rail about is, you know, how much debt we're in. So, yeah, you just cut cut everything by 25% so you can give rich people a tax cut. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's one of his things. So, um, and I forgot the other thing. All these... Yeah, that ahead. particularly, that particularly, that thing right there particularly always confuses me about people. Okay, so he's all about giving tax breaks to the wealthy and the super wealthy, right? Yeah. So why is it that the non-wealthy people are the main ones voting for him? Because he's not talking about cutting your taxes. He's cutting, talking about cutting his own taxes and people like him. Of which he so, doesn't pay anyway. Right. So if the majority of people who voted for him were working class white Americans who don't fall into his tax bracket that he's talked about, he's talked about, then why in the hell did you think he was the best candidate for you in that sense? Yeah. I think people have been, you know, fooled into believing that tax cuts for the rich is going to help them. Yes. Through no. you know trickle down, yeah, it's going to create jobs and opportunities. Yeah, right, uh, yeah, trickle down economics, and it's not that there's never worked in history. No, right. why? Why would rich people, I? Rich people hold on to their money. They do exactly. Oh, look, they, I got more money. <laughs> that's what they do. They just do this whole "I got more money" thing. They don't. They don't, they don't find ways to spend it or give it away or create another job. They're like, I already got a couple of billion. Why should I find a way to spend that? Right. Yeah, I mean the majority. If you're if you're very wealthy, you're you're going to invest some of it. Obviously, you want to grow some of your money, but yeah, the vast majority of people who have excess money, billionaires, or you know the one percent, are not investing most of their money. And I think that is a real problem. I don't know how you get people to invest their money, but you know that would be you know they they're under the impression that if you create this you know business friendly environment, that you'll get more investments. Which, just no evidence has ever proven this to be true. No. Uh, I yeah. guess one of the things we have to talk about is what does our tax money actually do? I think a lot of people get very confused about why we pay taxes and what tax money actually does, like how different taxes are collected and they're earmarked for different things. I think if people had an understanding of why we pay taxes and where that money goes, then I think they would have a better understanding of why collecting the taxes from the super wealthy goes more so towards the benefit of us all versus a tax cut with the concept of they're going to reinvest and spend money and therefore subsequently putting money into our everybody's pocket. Yeah. Well, I think at the end of the day, um, most of the tax cuts idea goes to that whole thing we were talking about yesterday with the, you know, not wanting to give out money to people who aren't deserving of it. I mean, it's a certain selfishness to it. It's kind of like, you know, if you talked about, 
you know, um, spending, government spending. Obviously, they're like, let's cut Medicare, you know, Obamacare, um, any sort of government program that helps people out. But don't cut military spending. <laughs> don't cut, cut um, you know, stuff that they feel is important. You know, it's always cut for black folks, <laughs> for poor folks. For you poor know. folks. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, you can't, they really do feel like they're being robbed in a way. A lot of conservatives feel like you're taking my money and giving it to undeserving people. And so if you, you know, it, it's, I don't know. It's both, it's a justification for that. You know what I'm saying? Like um, the tax cuts are kind of a way of appeasing, like, yeah, we understand your plight. You know, here's some of your money back. And I think he is offering a tax cut to middle-class people around like a third you know, it's still regressive in the sense that, you know, the richer you are, the bigger tax cut you get. Um, what was interesting is when they actually first scored his tax cut, it was so audacious that they had to cut it back in half. And it was still the largest tax cut in history. <laughs> so, you know, he did one tax cut. It was just so ridiculous. They were like, there will be no government if you did this. Okay, well, we'll scale it back. <laughs> so I'm hoping that reality will finally like kick in you know when he tries to put forward these proposals and they actually have to score it out and tell you oh no this costs this much because you know maybe the only thing i have um you know maybe the only ray of hope i see with donald trump is that i don't know if um he's ideologically tied down to any policy you know i think he just kind of throw something out there and sees if the people like it, you know, like he likes to stir up a crowd, you know what I'm saying? Like he goes to his rallies or whatever. And he says whatever he needs to say to get them all excited, you know? Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm hoping <laughs> that, you know, he'll, you know, respond to the crowd as we, res you know, respond to his policies. I don't know. It's, it might be a futile hope, but uh, Oh, I want to welcome Jeff to yeah. the podcast. Oh. Hey, Jeff. <laughs> Hi, Jeff. Yeah, we're just actually getting into our um, trending topics, and um, we're about 20 minutes in. So I want to actually go ahead and um, talk with uh, Shaka about his website, and um, I'm just going to ask a few questions and get into get into some of those topics. But um, yeah, I'm getting a little feedback again. I don't know if that's uh, <sighs> we'll work it out. Um, but yeah, um, Stock, tell me a little bit about uh, Get Your Love Life, your, your website, and how you got into writing. Um, so Get Your Love Life. Uh, the site for everyone who's watching is getyourlovelife.wordpress.com. Uh, it is a site uh, for the, particularly for black men, uh, to help find solutions for love, dating, and relationships. And it's basically a collection of my experiences. Uh, these are experiences that I've dealt with personally, whether it is maybe from my own experience or, you know, me observing someone's experience and putting a solution to that. Because I know a lot of times we talk about things in different forums and they may not necessarily have an outcome or a result that is that is satisfactory, you know, but we, we dwell on the issue instead of dwelling on the problem. And that's exactly what the site offers. So it's a, it's a great place to go if you want to find out things that are funny and entertaining for me, because I always sort of put a com comedic spin on it, make it a little lighthearted and um, sort of focus on the solution again. Yeah. 
Yeah. How I got into writing at the other part of your question. Um, yeah. I always consider myself to be a writer. Um, I have written several different things in, in, in my life. Um, so I wanted to do, uh, what I wanted to do was just basically take that talent and put it into something that I know would be a service to our community. Because I know one of the things that, you know, again, I talk about with people in different forums is, um, you know, how can I win at, at uh, you know, I guess dating or, or uh, not make it so much of a challenge. You know, how can I, how can I get a leg up? Because it seems like every time I meet someone, uh, it's a, it's a bad experience. They don't return phone calls, like things like that. So yeah. um, that's what I decided to do. Yeah, I, I definitely enjoyed it. Um, you know, I was, um, as we expecting you to come on, I was definitely going through some of them. And um, like I said, a lot of these topics definitely touch on things like, you know, moving in, I think it was one of your recent posts, one about, um, you know, breakups, I, you know, and I'll get into some of these things specifically, but uh, what do you think it is specifically about relationships that um, I guess the LGBT community, um, what's, I guess, what service do you think the LGBT community needs most dealing with relationships? Like what, what do you see as the need that your site can fulfill? Uh, what do I see is in the communication and an open forum, because that's one of the things that I wanted to make sure that in the blog world is setting is that I could see the exchange and the background of how people are basically taking a topic and, and responding to it in a way that is very personal, that is very, um, you know, unique to them. So the communication part to me, I think, is a big, a big benefit. I mean, we definitely have to be able to have open forum, have open dialogue. And that's the way that we really get past a lot of the things that we may struggle with. Yeah. So what do you see as some of the more frequent questions or topics that come up in your communication with, you know, your readers and your audience? The first initial stage, like that first stage when you meet a person mm-hmm. and, as, and my personal belief is men, I think we're very visual creatures. So uh, being able to get past, oh, my God, he's so hot. He, he drives this or he, he's wearing a Gucci belt or, you know, something something that's very, you know, surface. Right. Know, it's never about, um, you know, and yeah, this is a little early to get into that, but it's never about what are, what are your financial goals? Uh, what are your um, marital goals? You know, what, yeah. what are some things that you really want to do in your community? So and, and sort of push what you're able to do from a community standpoint, uh, you know, in terms of like just, be, you know, being beyond and, and uh, past, you know, just the individual itself. Yeah. And I think that that is those are some of the things that we have to sort of pay attention to if we're looking to pick the best possible partner for us. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah. One of the things I always find interesting is, um, you know, when you talk about relationships specific to the LGBT community is separating out the unique challenges that LGBT people face in forming relationships and what things we have in common. Because one of the things I think about when just talking about men and women are different. And so relationships between men are going to be different. You know, I always kind of assume that men are a little more shallow. <laughs> so maybe that's one of the reasons why we don't get into those or in-depth communications. We're very visual, like you were saying about how, oh, you know, he's so fine or whatever. And I'm, you know, I'm guilty of this. I'm not <laughs> casting aspersions on anyone else. But I'm just saying that, um, you know, may, how do we separate those things from, you know, those issues that are unique to the LGBT community mm-hmm. versus those are just um, general. What, what differences have you noticed? I suppose. Oh, wow. Um, 
One of the things that I know that we have to do is understand that there is a dynamic, first of all. I mean, we can't, as men, uh, we can't take on gender roles that are specific to uh, heterosexual relationships. The dynamic is different. There's two sexes involved. There are two different types of uh, ideologies involved. The way that men and move, men and women move through the world is a lot different than two men. So I think the first thing we have to do is be mindful of that and be able to compartmentalize it and make, uh, you know, whatever models that we're trying to follow after, you know, in terms of our own relationships, you know, look to identify with those or look to align with those models that you may see that may be a successful relationship between two men or two women and find out what's working for them. And, you know, see if you can, I guess, incorporate that into your own life. I know that, um, you know, our community has a lot that we deal with. We have to deal with policies. We have to deal with, you know, potentially with this election, having our rights taken away in certain yeah. ways. Uh, depending on which state you live in, there could be certain clauses that uh, don't protect LG the LGBT community uh, when it comes to even living together or power of attorney or saying things like that. So, you know, that investigation has to go a lot deeper than, um, you know, what do you like to do for fun? So it's it's all about, you know, knowing where you live, you know, knowing what uh, the community is like where you live, what the laws are like where you live and, and be able to go into it with. Uh, making the best decision possible for your relationship. Because, you know, even before this election, when we looked at Indiana, I mean, it was against the law, apparently, to go and just even apply for a marriage license. So, yeah. you know, those types of relationships, you know, you got to you gotta sort of look at what, you, what you're up against and how you're going to be able to take your relationship forward. Yeah. So yeah, that, uh, that's another big part of it is being mindful. Yeah, and one of one of your recent articles um, brought up this question about um, someone being on your level, and I had to ask you about this. Like, <laughs> I think it's interesting because I remember this. We we brought this topic up many times, like you know, using biblical terms of like people being equally yoked or um, being compatible, or just thinking about compatibility issues. Um, tell me a little bit about that article, if you remember, and what do you, what does it mean to date someone on your level? Um, when I say that, I mean. I mean the yin and the yang, because every successful relationship has to have balance at the end of the day. I think if you have two very strong, powerful, strong-willed people, you know, you're going to be spending most of your time butting heads than you are about, like, really compromising. And that's a really big part of a relationship. Um, you, you know, I'm not speaking of anything financially specifically or, you know, like, you got to live here or you got to, you know, be able to uphold a certain, I guess, um, a blanket standard, which is very, very impossible to do. Um, but I, I would definitely say that when it comes to, you know, finding someone that's on your level, it's to be able to find someone that has a potential to match you where you're weak, you know, yeah. uh, you're going to provide a certain level of them when you're strong, vice versa. So, you know, I think when you look at the Bible, how it defines things that are equally yoked, you know, I think that really takes a lot of examination because a lot of people can spin it a lot of different ways. And yeah. that's, you know, that's the trouble, well, not the trouble, but that, that's a facet of religion, is that it is subject to interpretation. Yeah. Um, but that's mine, and I think that if a person finds that, you know, they're going to use it as, as an analogy or use it as a way to sort of uh, determine what is an equally yoked uh, dynamic for them, if it's not working or hasn't worked in the past because they have going back to that analogy I talked about it's really look into that you know if it's really working for you. Yeah, yeah. Um I think we're getting a little feedback. Um and I want to welcome Devon 
uh, welcome. <laughs> How are you doing? Uh, so, what, getting back to your question about—I mean, my question about the, um, you know, equally yoked and what we're talking about, like being compatible. Because I think a lot of times, um, my interpretation of it has been, you know, a judgment level, like you're lesser than me, or I'm greater than you, or something like that. Where I think maybe the in, the initial. Um, purpose was to say like you're different if i remember correctly like um the term had to do with like teachings or um the, like schools that you happen to be in and a sort of um what the, you call it a mishnah or whatever jewish theology or whatever so they were talking about like different people had different teachings that they followed and they didn't really want people you know dating outside of those teachings and i think that was the original and you know meaning of it but, right but I think it, it does have some some things where you're talking about like goals and how you live and what your goals are in life and wanting to talk about things. Because like I said, I actually had this happen because of the election. Like I was seeing someone, it was very shallow, admittedly. And we never talked about anything, politics or, you know, religion or anything like that. And, you know, um, you know we happen to be spending the night together when the election comes up. And I found out he's a Trump supporter and I'm disgusted. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm like, Oh my God. It's like, you know, and he goes on a screed about immigrants and how they're taking over our country. Now, mind you, I, I have friends like that who I play magic with or, you know, cards and, you know, I'm, I'm not going to like reject them as friends because they happen to support Trump, but that doesn't mean I need to bring them into my life <laughs> in any sort of intimate way. You know what I'm saying? And so that was my mistake. I mean, I just, I really did value that physical, you know, over what, you know, who they are as a person and realizing like, even if I just want their physical body, there's something about who they are that, you know, you know, affects that. Cause I like now you're not hot anymore. <laughs> you're totally disgusting to me. Absolutely. Is, <laughs> so, is, is this, is this something like this person just because, you know, uh, the, the discussion was new. He's still technically the same person. It's just yeah. a new discovery. So, right. was he, I mean, did you guys go beyond, like, just the fact that maybe, I'm sure you did, right? But I, I guess one of the questions I have is, like, how much did you guys go beyond uh, finding out that he was a Trump supporter? I mean, was well, he, look at, had, like, you well, know. it had to do, he, he started talking about, you know, immigrants taking his jobs. I'm thinking about, like, he felt like immigrants shouldn't be able to get business license and, like, literally getting down into the like true discrimination against people from another country. And that idea just disgusted me, you know? Um, so I don't know what to do with that. Like now I see you and it's, <laughs> it's not, it's not hot anymore. Like it's God, it's gross. <laughs> so, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, that was one of those things that came to mind when dealing with like equally yoked. And I'm, I know we've talked about, you know, goals as far as, um, you know, financial planning, um, you know, where you see yourself in a few years and those sorts of things. And um, I know in one of your recent articles, you talked about um, living with someone and, you know, moving in with someone and what taking that step is like. And um, what got you um, writing about that, about um, the step to move in with somebody? And um, what are some of your thoughts on that? Uh, well, that's a good topic uh, because my boyfriend and I, we live together now. We've been living together for a few months. It hasn't been a very long time. Um, but I was inspired to write that one because of my current situation. I, I think it is as organic as it could possibly be. 
And that was only because I have only lived with two other guys twice, you know, and I was in my 20s. You know what I'm saying? So those yeah, are definitely man. lessons to be learned and lessons that I did learn from that. Um, but it had it not been for those two particular situations, I, I, I don't know if I would be living with him now because I'm very territorial. You know, I like my own space. I like my own room. Don't use my bathroom. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, I have to be able to get beyond that. And um, I know that right now when we talk about like dating and and relationships, just from different people that I've had conversations with, um, you know, some guys want to live with their partner. Some some don't. And I and I get that. But I think when I hear certain things like about two people who have known each other for less than six months and they move in, it's like, for me, I would be still at this day out of all the lessons I've learned. I, I would be personally petrified because, you know, of everything that I've been through. But, um, yeah. you know, writing that particular post for me was a release because yeah. I was able to go back and I was reflecting on things that I had completely forgot about. Um, but yeah, and, and I've had a conversation with some recently, which I'm going to forth this day. I'm so, I hope you're going to watch this, but, um, he had recently gotten into a situation where he's not known someone for a long time. And, um, you know, that was a, it was a, for him, he was very nervous because it was very quick. Um, you know, it was something that he probably felt like after he agreed to it, that he maybe shouldn't have, but you know, I, I encouraged him, you know, I encouraged him. Yeah. And I also told him, get the biggest fucking safe. Um, excuse me, get the biggest safe you can get. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, um, it's yeah. okay. We say fuck here. Oh, yeah, we do. We do. <laughs> we say a lot. Yeah, of shit here. <laughs> I told him, I said, you know, just trust your instinct. Just like you um, are sort of going through all the motions all over again, uh, you know, to make sure you're making the right decision. Don't, if something. And your gut tells you not to go ahead with it, then you know do what you got to do. But he uh, he trusted his gut, and he you know changed his mind, and he feels better about it. So um, I think the fact that there are still guys out there that still want a relationship and still want to move forward and move in really quickly. Um, and this is you know he's a pretty level headed guy. He's not you know crazy. Yeah. But uh, you know I. It, it shows that there's still guys out there that are willing to, to sort of make that move and, and be settled. Yeah. So that, that's encouraging, you know? Yeah. I think for me, uh, um, I noticed that I need to make those mistakes. I mean, I can know things intellectually, but until I made those mistakes, I really don't um, internalize them emotionally and act on them. So for me, like thinking about moving in with somebody, uh, I had to do that first in order to learn not to, <laughs> even though people were right. telling me not to, it's kind of like, so a lot of times when I see someone making, you know, fucked up mistakes, I just kind of note it down and save it for later so that when they, um, you know, I, I might say something, it's like, maybe you're moving a little fast, <laughs> yes. but I'm not going to say you shouldn't do this or you should do that because I think they'll figure that out on their own and probably, um, you know, have some perspective after, you know. Um, but I think a- another question I was going to ask you on this um from one of your recent articles had to do with um, breaking up and rejection. Uh, it's one of the more common things that I'm deal with when people are questioning or asking me is like how to deal with the fear of rejection when trying to meet someone and then saying that, you know, something isn't working out, you know, what advice would you give to someone who needs, who clearly needs to break up with someone, but doesn't want to hurt them? 
Mm. Um, to know that when it comes to, first of all, fear and rejection, that's impossible. I'm sorry, that's inevitable. And it's yeah. impossible not to ever encounter that. Um, and of course, that comes from the uh, fear that we really don't want to be played like nobody wants to have their feelings messed with. Um, but, you know, it's the more you do it, of course, that's why I say date and date often. That's, you know, yeah. I think that's the only way you're going to be able to really get past things that you are struggling with when it comes to, OK, why do I keep meeting the same guy? Why do you know? Um, but. You know, to 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 know that if you are breaking up with someone and you have to be real and transparent and honest and, you know, that's that's the that's the goal. You know, you can't control how other people are going to take things and if they're going to feel bad or hurt or whatever. All you can do is be there to support them through it. I mean, you don't want to cut somebody off cold turkey and you see that they're having a hard time. I mean, you have to slowly wean yourself off of that if you care about them. I mean, that's that's how you you know, that's how anybody would want someone to handle the situation. Um, but, you know, uh, I get it. Some things may not necessarily be that way. You could be an abusive thing. And then, you know, I'm asking yeah. everybody to level set with this because, you know, you know what you have to do. But, um, you know, I think if we're just talking about a normal dating situation where two people don't work out, you know, um, be as transparent and open as what you can be. Tell the truth about why it's not working out, um, because that's a liberating moment for you, too. I mean, for you to just let go of everything that was not working and to hear yourself say that out loud to me um, says a lot in that moment. And you're going to remember that more going into your next situation because of how you were able to leave that relationship. Yeah. So those are, you know, a couple of things that I yeah. recommend to people. Wow, that's excellent, excellent, sir. Thank you. <laughs> I have a question. I have several questions. Actually, <laughs> Malcolm's been talking for half an hour. So, yes. um, so here's my first question. Can you define dating for us? Can I define your, dating? Your, definition, your definition. definition of dating. Okay. Dating is where two people um, in an intimate capacity get to really know and examine and discover yourself because the people that we come in, that come into our lives are all a reflection of us and what we put out there is what we get back. So when I was, before I was dating my current boyfriend, one year I decided to do something I had never done. And that is to date interracially. You know, I felt like I was just being silly about that because, I mean, I got a pre- preference, like, um, I got to say, a romantic preference for, for black men. But when it comes to, like, you know, I mean, I've dated guys of different races before, but it was never really something I exclusively said, let me just do this. And that was, um, I don't like to call them New Year's resolutions, but that was something that I made a focus on. Because I really, I felt like I didn't really know culturally about guys in that capacity. So that was one of the things that I challenged myself to do. And it was good. I didn't have any negative experiences at all. But, um, you know, um, I felt like when it comes to like me dating outside of things that I was comfortable with, it was a way for me to challenge myself and do things that I'm not going to say was uncomfortable, but do things that I had never allowed myself to do before. And that was something I learned about myself. So dating is definitely a way that you would get to know yourself. Do you feel that you can date multiple people at one time? Yeah, absolutely. But I would thank you. Hold on, let him Ronnie, let him finish. Because you really interrupted on the box. <laughs> yes. And I recommend that. I'm not saying be a hoe. You know what I'm saying? I don't think that that's not right for anybody. Uh but um 
when we date, it doesn't always have to mean, well, yeah, they're all of these guys. And what if they all turn out to be hot? I mean, yeah, you want to sleep with all of them. But I just, you know, you got to preserve your integrity and your self-respect and your body. So I think that, you know, you could have intimate spaces where you're able to connect with more than one people. Uh, and I guess you were, the limit is up to the person to decide what they can and cannot handle, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that was... Thank um, you, sir. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Lonnie's our serial dater, so he's with you. That's why he's um, trying We always we always got into it about the definition of dating too, because it's like, are you dating? Are you hanging out? What is this? And people not wanting to use the term dating because it's too official and it scares people. And yeah, all that goes. Um, do you think that because you mentioned earlier about seeing a successful relationship and modeling? yourself after that do you feel that there is a standard for a successful relationship yeah to me open communication and transparency i think that's always a standard because um that's the only way and then not being able to um acknowledge that person's experience because if someone tells me you know what you're not calling me enough okay let's look at that how often do you need to be called what was your communication like in your last relationship. So I guess the more you probe, the more you figure out if you could bring your uh, rise to that occasion to fulfill that person's needs. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get, okay. So what you just, I think what you just described are traits for successful dating slash relationships, which I, for for the reason I wholeheartedly agree with, Uh Um, because I think you can never have enough communication. I'm saying what you said was find a model of a successful relationship and follow that. Mm -hmm. But it's been my experience that what might work for this couple may not work for this couple. Then you find another one. You find another model. Or you create your own. Good answer, sir. Good answer. (laughs) You you can create your own. Or you create create your own. It's almost like with that, and I, I love that because I'm a trendsetter and I like being able to look at if something is like, I don't know, if something doesn't work for me, I'm the first person to say, let me go in this direction. But with any direction, you need a map. You know what I'm saying? If I'm walking from here to, I don't know about the stars and constellations. I couldn't be able to walk to China from here. Well, Canada from here somewhere. But you still have to have a basis. You still have to have a, a, a uh, roadmap that will give you a direction on how to get there. You know, um, and I have a couple of successful models that I that I look after, um, but I feel like now I'm ready to stand on my own two feet. And I think that's probably more so where I would agree. So, um, so the model is a great starting place, absolutely. but not necessarily. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. Well, and I have- I'm sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I say people are flawed, and that's, you know, that's an understanding of, what has to be in place before you go into finding a model to know that, you know, the model is going to have a crack in it. You know, it may not be broken entirely, but it's going to have a crack and, you know, um, appreciate that flaw for what it is and know that, you know, how people handle certain things is not going to be the way that you handle it. Everybody's different, but um, you know, to, to look to basically to, to find the silver linings, in certain situations like that, when you're focusing on the flaw. But of course, big picture, you definitely want to have a model or a a couple that is going to give you everything that you need in order 
for you to grow and, and maybe get to the next place you're able to set another level and then get to the, the next place and the next place and the next place. So, and probably not my last question, but my last question for now, because I want other people to be able to chime in. Um, how do you feel about open relationships? It works with a couple. I should think I, I'm not sure. I think I wrote that. But, um, I mean, every every couple and every relationship is different. I, if you can handle it, I say go for it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, does anyone else have any questions? Because I, I, I was going on for a minute <laughs> about some of these. I mean, I have a few questions. thoughts that have come up. Like, I agree with a lot of something that you said about there's a shallow impotence to relationship and dating in the gay world. And so, you know, we've oftentimes had controversy back and forth about whether, you know, we you can say that uh, LGBT relationships are so significantly different from heterosexual relationships or heterosexual normatives in relationship settings. Now, me personally, I feel like they are different. And that's because, you know, professionally being my professional education kind of teaches me that they're different in so many different ways. Um, but then, you know, if you talk to people in the real world, they say, no, not really, you know, and they make comparisons of why they're the same. Um, in reference to the whole dating multiple people thing, my question still is the same with that one, though, and that is, how do you find the time to truly get to know multiple people at a given time like that? If you have to ask the baffled by that. If you have to, if you have to, if you have the question, whether you have to find the time or should I devote the time, then focus, that's the smaller number you focus on. And the more questions you have about time, the smaller the number. Because if you can't keep up with anything, let's say if you run a very successful business and it allows you to travel and do this, well, you can't date 10 guys. You know what I'm saying? You're not gonna be available for them. So uh, time is really one of the factors that I think that a lot of people should consider uh, when they choose multiple people to date. Yeah. Because I know some people don't have enough Thank time you. to date one person. <laughs> like, there have been people I've dated who just had zero time, you know, not even for one. So, um, well, I mean, I had a question or a comment, I guess, because like Xavier, I guess I'm in the same way because I know we talked. I mean, you you made a valid point earlier, especially because um, there are distinct differences when we're dealing with, you know, males and females. And because you are dealing with two men, sometimes we have things like ego and things like that that play into that. I mean, how do we promote true, I guess, honesty in our communication? Because like you talked a lot about communication, but a lot of us still fear or have fears about being honest about truly what we want. And some of it is maybe not knowing what we want and being able to articulate that. But how do we promote that? It's a vulnerability that has to happen in order for me to truly be able to get to know you. And I have to be willing to do that myself. But a lot of people are fearful of that because if I truly let down my guard and show you sometimes who I am, that can be really scary. And I mean, I know just personal experience, like you said, talking from my own personal experience, I know that's been an issue in the past where, I mean, like, how do you get beyond the representative and get to the real person? By never allowing a representative to come forward. You know what I'm saying? Always present yourself and always present the truth. I think there's a lot of fear that like you brought up a really good point. There's a lot of fear of um, what I'm seeing and I've had this conversation with people a couple of different times. There's a lot of fear and maybe bringing your full self to someone in the hopes that, you know, no one will probably accept that. Well, if they don't accept it, that's, you know, you're getting the bad seeds out of the way. 
because there's no faking and shaking when it comes to someone who will really, you know, accept you for who you are instead of a representative, something that's going to fade away. But the real you won't, you know, so that's. Well, and I'm not talking about necessarily because, I mean, you agree. From yeah. my point, you're always going to meet the real me. I don't do it. Yeah, of course. But I'm saying, how do we how do we promote that, I guess, within other people? So that, like you said, because naturally, I mean, you know, we present the representative because we're always going to put that good foot forward when we first meet people. That's a natural thing that occurs, mm-hmm. you know. Like, you know, maybe, I mean, you know, just time and everything teaches us that. I mean, even from life in general, you know, we're taught to present our best foot um, and maybe not necessarily be completely transparent about who we are. So I can definitely walk into a situation not saying I'm going to be who I am and show my representative, not let that representative show for me. But Mm -hmm. how do we then promote that same kind of feeling where people can feel comfortable in doing that themselves? And not feel like they need to, like we we're talking about, put up, we were talking about the equally yoked thing. I mean, you know, for me, that goes down to basically core values and beliefs. But how do you get people to understand that, you know, I'm not here to judge you. I really want to get to know you, not this you that, you know, looks right on paper and maybe looks completely perfect. But it's, it's flawed because we all are. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think a lot of what you said, you, you've answered, you know, you, you bring yourself to the best version of yourself to, um, you know, whenever you meet people, um, lead by example, you know, you, you can never control someone else's actions, but or you can project whatever you are feeling onto them. And then that, you know, really may not necessarily be who that person is, but maybe, you know, maybe what's being shown is a projection instead of who they really are. But I think a lot of it, you, you, you answered, you nailed it. You know, you just have to make sure that you are bringing yourself. It's all about you as a focus. And it is about maybe, um, expecting a person to be something that they're not, uh, I, I, you know, and it, it, I, if, as long as you show up and you are you, and as long as you show up and you're Jeff and, uh, you know, Jeff is doing his thing, then nobody, everybody has a choice. They don't have a choice, what I'm saying. Every, nobody has a choice but to fall in line. So and keep doing what can you, you speak. Can you speak more on these relationship models? Because now that's interesting. Yeah, because like that's an interesting concept to me in the fact that. So if I meet a person and they're in a relationship and I can, I see them as they're in their relationship, correct? Mm-hmm. So, but that's the projection that they give me. And it kind of goes back to what Jeff was saying about their representative. And so all of us project oftentimes in front of friends and family that we have a good, well-stable relationship. But then you see this person next week and it's like, oh, him, I can't stand that motherfucker. You know, you they've broken <laughs> up and you don't know what happened in between the last time you saw them and today that their relationship has has ended because you see what happens in the presence of company, not who they are as a relationship when nobody's looking. And so found how does that found out they're a Trump supporter. That's what happened. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> you know, I thought Malcolm and him was a great couple. They were so cute together. And then next day we find out he was a Trump supporter. What the hell? <laughs> Holy hell. Uh. So how does that work? Like tell me about how you conceptualize these relationship models. Um, okay, Malcolm, can I use you as an example? Sure, sure. Okay, so let's say, um, you know, we, 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 we've looked at Malcolm's relationship. We've known that it was, you know, great, you know, and I'm going to use a word that you use on the outside looking in, right? Knowing that on the outside looking in, everything is, that, that we know that everything that glitters isn't gold. We know that there's going to be like little rifts in there that could be like little uh, tangents because two people that are in love, 
that's going to happen. That's going to be like little things that we do. Like we, we kind of know that this is going to be sort of a riff that's going to happen, but it may not necessarily be indicative of them breaking up or it may not necessarily be the fact that it's a major, major, major problem. Um, one thing that, um, you know, looking at Malcolm's situation in terms of like, uh, you know, they broke up because of political reasons. I would take that as an example and say, you know what, if I want to follow suit with that, you know what I'm saying? I could say, let me ask these types of questions. Let me find out about, you know, how he thinks about the political party of his choice, what comes with that. You know, it's a sort of a multi-layered thing that you may have to see and uh, sort of incorporate into your own life. So, I mean, I, that's a good example. You know what I'm saying in terms of- I think it may be the number of people on the thing. What happened? Because we have a large number of people on the today and I started having Oh, I think that was- I'm, I think Derek was talking to someone else. <laughs> I'm muting him. Okay. But I did have a question as to um, to what Xavier was saying, because this is true. I get a, a definite feeling that we have, you know, the way we see relationships when we're in them and the way we want to present ourselves to the world, because, you know, I don't want to air out all my dirty laundry because everybody's got issues, right? Yeah. And you don't want to be letting out all those issues and let everybody know your dirty laundry. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a certain expectation when I see someone else's relationship that I'm not getting nearly anything about it. And I think that's one of my curiosities about relationships and writing about them and talking about them is because I know you're, you're putting on airs a little bit. You have to, I think we all get, you know, we get up, we wash our face and we, you know, make ourselves up. And so we do the same with our relationships no matter what they are, you know, like we present our best image forward. Um, but I guess I, I, um, <laughs> I, I did. I don't know. I was going to change subjects. I want to give everyone else. A I chance have a question. To, yeah, go ahead. All right. Um, could it be that he's referring? Well, well, Shaka, since you're here, uh, would you be referring to people that have been in a long term relationship? I know. One person, two people, Sean and Larry, they've been together for like, what, 20 years or 16 years or whatever. Then I think Raymond and Jose have been together for like over seven years, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm assuming that you're meaning um, look at those people who have been in a who, who have been in a, a relationship for more than just one year or maybe two or three years. People that have been in a relationship for a long time, look at their relationship, talk to them about their relationship, and then maybe model your relationship after theirs. Absolutely. Or yeah. your own way. Definitely. You know, it's hard to, I mean, because one year, that's only 12 months. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I wouldn't do that. Um, not, not me personally. <laughs> um, but, you know, definitely. And, you know, definitely if they're married, you know, um, because that's ultimately the goal, right? Um, the goal is, and, and it, of course, everybody's different and everybody has a different, you know, relationship goal in mind. But for me, I, I know I want to get married. So I look at married couples, couple for me personally, married couples that have been together for at least five years. You know what I'm saying? Because everybody says that first couple of years is, yeah, it's the honeymoon. Everything's good. But then it starts to get rocky after somebody comes home and they don't pay the electric bill after three and a half years. Now somebody gets a divorce paper. So it's, you know, um, the longer the better, you know? Yeah. And that's the thing I was getting at with um, Lonnie is that even though like I happen to be acquainted with both of these couples that I assume there are things about their relationship that I am not privy to. 
and that they're not going to share. And maybe they're not even privy to like their own, you know, like they're not aware that they're keeping you out of certain things. And, Mm -hmm. um, but I definitely agree with the idea that um, I want to model my relationships after successful ones, especially considering they're, you know, I guess within gay couples or gay land, there are so few of them. (laughs) You're looking at the few models that you do have and, and trying to see, you know, like how, this work and that's true i like i think both of them i sort of started interrogating them about how you met what'd you do what is this <laughs> how do you do, how do you spend your day like i always want to know that like what do you do you know every day and you know why are you not tired of him why what <laughs> does he not get on your nerves how does he not get on your nerves after all this time <laughs> but uh and sometimes they don't know that you know like i don't know because you asked them um, hey, hey, hey uh, we have some comments. Um, okay. Let me see. Jawan says that um, Mikhail, of course, Shaka said a mouthful. Regarding gender roles and LGBT relationships, I hope that knowledge was absorbed. Brian says dating multiple people is great, but once you begin to gravitate towards one person, then you need to DTR. Define the relationship so no one gets confused or upset. Um, another person says, I'm learning a lot about others and myself from this. And Jawan says, Malcolm, that's called me and knows if they're point where you interrogate like that. I'm nosy. <laughs> and I'm just saying, like, um, you know, you know every, wise, time we have this, every time we have this conversation, the, the thing comes up. There's so few couples. There's so few couples. And you know, our response is always, really? Are there so few couples? Are there just so few couples that you actually know about? Right. I was just saying, like, the, the two couples that um, Lonnie named are literally the only two that I really know that well. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's just, well. That's more than zero. <laughs> <laughs> it is more than zero. But, um, but yeah. yeah. But no, I, um, I, I did want to bring up another topic because um, we've actually discussed one of your articles before. And we do have several people on the panel who live in Atlanta. And I think we had some issues with your your assessment of the dating scene in Atlanta. Oh, right. so, yeah. So, I, you know, as we're doing this Kumbaya, I don't want to be like the Kenya Moore of, of this podcast, but I'm going to bring up some things. About Logging this. off now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we sold tape, though. You could go back and see it. But, I mean, we all have our own opinions. Because I know um, it's actually true. I think Xavier Xavier joined M3. He was considering moving to Atlanta. And I wasn't there. And I remember us getting into a discussion about, like, what the dating scene is like. What, you know, and, you know, I, having never lived there, but having many acquaintances who live there, you know, have talked about the dating scene in Atlanta. Now, you know, Xavier's been there, like, a year and, and so forth. I'm just curious as to you know, how you came to form this opinion about the Atlanta dating scene mm-hmm. and to give everyone else on the panel a chance to respond. Absolutely. Um, Atlanta's a mecca. Everybody, oh, I'm sorry. Was I supposed to jump yeah, in? Go ahead, go yeah, ahead, go ahead. Yes. Atlanta's, a, um, Atlanta's a gay mecca, as we know. You know, pride and, you know, anytime there's any major events and we know about, like, everybody's moving there because, you know, there's just a, it's just an energy around Black gay Atlanta. But I think that a lot of it touches on a lot of the points that we talked about with a lot of the sort of the vain nature with certain guys that I've dealt with, that I've been out on dates with. Um, And just the, I guess they need not to really want to settle down because there's too many options. And it's like, well, how do you give yourself a chance to see what's out there, to really give someone 
a, uh, a shot, give yourself a shot and settle down. I think that's, you know, culturally, that's what this country is all about. You know what I'm saying? Family and, and getting together and, and, you know, just just really trying to make it. That just hasn't been my experience in Atlanta, you know? It's so what, been, what is your experience it, with Atlanta? Like, have you lived there or how, how often have you visited or, you know, what's your relationship? I, I have gone to Atlanta probably more times than I could count. Yeah. Um, it is easy for me to get to. And when I go, I spend a lot of time. Okay. Um, you know, I've been out on dates in Atlanta. Um, I've actually, I was a long time ago, I actually tried to date someone. It was a long distance relationship. I tried to date someone from Atlanta. Yeah. So I mean, that's, I think that might, even though I'm, I've never lived in Atlanta, I don't think that if the, you know, it's, you don't have to live somewhere to date have, somewhere. You can date most long distance relationships. Um, and then also taking everyone else's account from what they tell me, different conversations. And it's all sort of the same exact thing. You know, I don't think that when people are talking about Atlanta in a not so positive light, it's a lot of those conversations that are going on. I, I hear more about the bad experiences than I do about, you know what, you know, it's just, I, I'm dating every week. You know, there's so many different good guys and yeah, you know, and yes, I think the argument can be said for any big city, there's always that dynamic, you know, there's always yeah. that opportunity because um, when anytime you have more people in one place, you have more opportunity. You have more access to certain things that you wouldn't have if you were living in, I don't know, uh, Straw, Kentucky. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No disrespect. <laughs> yeah, no. That, you know, it's, it's just, it's part of what it is. You know? No, I think it, what's funny is when I was looking at the, um, the electoral map from, um, you know, the previous election and they break it down by cities, you know, pretty much every city is blue, you know, but something about Atlanta, if you see it on the electoral map, it's a blue dot in a sea of red. <laughs> you know what I'm and there's something about that fact that I think it does draw in a lot of people from different areas in ways that other cities may not. Um, just because of economic opportunity, but also social opportunities, like you're saying, I think there's a, a vibrant gay black dating scene in Atlanta. Um, and you're not, I guess you're going to get all types, you know, and I guess, you know, like whenever you visit a place, there's the tourist traps and then there's like the really good places to eat. <laughs> I'm thinking there might be the same sort of dynamic with dating as well. You know, you got your your sort of, you know, surface level things and then you can get into sort of the off the beaten path places to meet people and, you know, to date and socialize. But um, yeah, I just want to give everyone else a chance because I know like it was a very popular topic. I've never lived in Atlanta. People think I live there because I'm there all the time. I've dated in Atlanta and all that, and I have an opinion about it. Um, but I just want to, you know, for those who actually live there, I know Devon has been on, uh, and he hadn't really gotten a chance to speak. And you know, you're joining us from Atlanta. What do you What do you think about the dating scene <laughs> since you were on, and uh, we hadn't gotten a chance to speak to you yet? You're muted. Oh, let me see if I can unmute. Um, yeah. Oh, shit. You might have to do it, Devon. Can you click the button? Devon? Okay, his audio's off. Um, I guess uh, Lonnie and Xavier are there, and so is Jeff. So uh, <laughs> we have plenty of people to verify <laughs> on this stuff. Okay. I'm just curious, like, what? what can what can you hear me now? Yes. Hey. Oh, there you go, Devon. Yes. I take my, I take my headphones out. Okay. Um, 
My opinion of the dating scene in Atlanta, <laughs> not the good. Not, it's not the best opinion. I will say that much. Um, in my experience, dating here has been. Yeah, <laughs> I really don't have a solid word. <laughs> so I'm guessing what I will say it it it's been challenging. I will say that it's been challenging to date here because, like you said, you have options, and then people, both guys I run into, if you're not giving them what they want, or they're not, they say they want to get to know you, and all of that. Y'all talk for a minute, but I guess they feel like if they're not getting what they really want, which is only in my case, it's been only one thing. And if they're not getting what they really want, they get ghosts. They just go. Yeah. Versus somebody who's trying to slowly build something towards something solid and serious versus, yeah, I get it. You do have options here. It's, it's that, that's not the question. The question of whether there's a lot of sex out there in Atlanta, that's no question. Everybody knows that there is. But to find something solid, you know, in my experience, has just been challenging. Yeah. I will say that. So, I guess that anyone who, because um, we did challenge that a little bit, um, and we went back and forth. Um, does anyone agree or disagree with that? Who lives there or has an opinion about it? Uh, I, I, I'll ask Lonnie because you always talk about dating. You always talk about your. Yeah, go ahead, Xavier. Xavier, go ahead. I will. All right. So I know I'm going to get some disagreement on this. I've been in Atlanta for about a year. Um, last month, a year for me. And my opinion of Atlanta is I've always had. Yeah, I'm, is that, that's not just me, but I'm, I'm getting some audio interference. I don't know if um, it's just me. No, it's not just you. No, it's not just you. Yeah. We're all getting it. Okay. It's just y'all. <laughs> no, it, it, I think maybe your internet connection. But go ahead and try it again. Um, just let let me know if it's just, it, it, if you hear it as well. Go ahead. Okay. Um, so what I've come to, you know, I think it's more than just challenging. It's it's quite possible. Um, because okay, so and and it's not just it's it's hard to pinpoint what it is though. That's what I have noticed is that it's very difficult to pinpoint the what it is that's going on because. Uh, I was making a comment to a friend girl of mine, and we were walking into the Atlantic Station movie theater. And anybody, everybody knows about the Atlantic Station uh, movie theater has uh, 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 LA Fitness inside of it, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like a fishbowl. And I and I think to myself, I have a friend that comes to town to Atlanta, and he comes in specifically to Atlantic Station. And he'll get on these radar-based apps, these location-based apps, and he'll have these people looking for somebody to get with, and they're all within that vicinity, and a lot of them are coming out of that L.A. pit. And I'm like, if it's this many single folks in one spot, how is it nobody's gotten together and gotten into a relationship? Because it looks like every nigga in this gym is on this is in one of three apps. <laughs> Or everybody in this city is all doing the exact same thing. How come you all don't know each other? You know, there's that seed of shallowness that is one thing that all of them have. You know, most, and, and you know, and they think that, because we had posted, remember we had put out a thing where I put out the three different types of, of uh, single men 
in this area that I've noticed. And, you know, one guy ascribed to being the shallow type, but I'm pretty sure that there was a whole, whole hell of a lot more of them that are that way and just don't want to have to admit it. But it's, or, can't, or, or don't even realize it. Like, they're so shallow, right. they don't realize they're shallow. <laughs> exactly. He just was the only one to admit it. And so I give him a round of applause for admitting it. Yeah. Um, but I, I really must say that moving to Atlanta, if it was solely my decision or if I my career and things hadn't been going the way they were going, would I relocate? And but oh, just shit. cut out. <laughs> I'm gonna, but I'm going to assume he said hell. Yeah, I saw it from his lip movements. It was just like somebody's buzzing. Okay. Okay. The next of the day is is Yeah. Yeah. But um, no, we definitely have had some really good conversations about um, the dating scene in Atlanta and. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to say that it's not impossible to date here in Atlanta. I'm not going to say it's impossible because I feel like it's possible. It's just challenging. <laughs> I well, well and, I, mean, I, I tell people, I mean, because I say, you know, Atlanta's home for me. It's not just where I moved to be gay. I grew up here and I have watched this city and the dynamic change. And um, one of the things that we, you know, we talk about because, you know, we often talk about like, you know, we talked about even like things even in this form about things like um, preference, you know, and, you know, what is your preference? And, you know, can that be discriminatory? You know, when you start saying, you know, you have to be so, so tall, so big, so short, whatever, you know, and is that preference or is that something else or what that truly means? And the thing with Atlanta here is that, yes, you know, you have a city where um, you have large number of gay black men but i think sometimes the thing like we said we we, we got, and like i was talking about earlier about meeting you know people that can genuinely be who they are because you know a lot of of what you meet and the people when you first meet them you don't get a chance to really meet who they are because you meet these people that are trying to put on these fronts to attract essentially what they've been told other people want i mean you look at the apps and everything everybody has these criteria you know yeah. no fats no films you know you got to be this you got to be that you know, I mean, I, I hate, you know, anytime you meet anybody, the first thing that comes out of your mouth or your top or bottom, which I think is just insulting completely. But um, th that happens, and I won't say more here than anywhere else, but because of pure concentration and um, working in this community for a long time, um, yeah, you begin to see, because I mean, Atlanta essentially is a big circle. And I mean, we have a lot of things. I mean, the people say, well, oh, there's so many people here, that's impossible. No, <laughs> I mean, literally, I mean, there's been research that's been done that shows that, you know, a lot of uh, what goes on in our communities is interconnected and we all are in smaller circles that are connected to other circles. And essentially, you know, that six degrees of separation thing starts playing out. But yeah. it kind of goes to that thing of um, um, when you when you have such availability and so much like almost it becomes, I think, overwhelming for yeah. a lot of people. And then it does go down to that, um, you know, realistically, um, a lot of us are still just very unclear about truly what it is that we want outside of some of that physical stuff. You know, I know I want a sexual encounter. I know what I want out of a maybe a physical encounter. But, you know, what is, is pushing me to a space where, you know, like he said, I mean, you made a valid point. I mean there are people and i do agree too that most people yeah and ideally would like a relationship of love but for some people you know we have to deal with the fact that they've been hurt 
they've been this they there's so much baggage that comes with all of us yeah you know so literally you have a city uh basically very educated very highly successful but also very, very damaged individuals and you can maneuver through that and it's not to say that it is impossible but it's like yeah literally i mean you, you meet people that are setting up a lot of expectations um coming into the door that and you know and like i said you know they are you know about putting on a lot of punts and not necessarily feeling the ability to be i think genuine sometimes about who they really are and it's a bit of fear because you know i know guys that have told me and meeting me you know well you're too real because you know i'm very i'm very upfront about yeah. what my intentions are but um not everybody can do that and for some people that's threatening and i find it you know interesting that okay um i can be too honest and be too real but you could deal with somebody that basically is lying and 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 holding back and i mean and, and being dishonest sometimes intentionally because yeah. you have people that here are you know literally it's just like i'm gonna get my life and have you know as much fun as i can and people come to atlanta just for that i mean yeah. uh, uh, i mean a reality i mean you know pride is no longer pride used to be a completely different thing <laughs> now pride is literally basically one long um fight video it's one long which pride are you talking about though i'm talking about black pride yeah black i think pride, we were talking about that it, it, it was never that it used to be about community it used to be about everybody getting together and having a good time and if that stuff happens that's just a natural part of our of, of any community i mean it happens when you have the morehouse and spelman homecoming with our heterosexual counterpart but the thing is is that a lot of us come here and we are making decisions um that are you know i mean atlanta is a vector city i mean i work for Emory, like i said um the cdc comes to us all the time and especially before pride because they're like we have people that come from atlanta and they go back to these other cities after they've come there and got their life for the weekend and now we they you know we see where we see you know uptakes in syphilis and gonorrhea and chlamydia and hiv and other things and all these other places so it's like you know we're we're not necessarily always making the best decisions and having the right conversations i mean and everybody doesn't always have the same motive because you know i have had guys that say yeah why would i settle down in the city where basically i, I mean hell i can get anything i want from here you know all i gotta yeah. do is log on to this or go on to that and, or go to whatever or you know hell even just go to flex and it doesn't matter but yeah um that, i did want to that has a very negative connotation and then especially for somebody like me that does have some more traditional ideas around dating um when you live in a place like this and that gets you in a lot of world of trouble because yeah. people want to label you and bunch you into that loop because i i hate it when i hear that you atlanta get boys and i'm like first of all i'm not a boy but <laughs> all, just because i live here does not mean that necessarily the things that your experiences might have been here because you know you came here a lot of times with that whole expectation of you know you know coming here and getting your life and doing whatever it is that you did while you were here but you know just because you did that and you had a bad experience doing that then that doesn't mean that everybody that is here is doing that and it is kind of like a filtering process yeah you have to go through and it is because of just sheer numbers but yeah like yeah. i said atlanta attracts a lot of people for a lot of different reasons and you know yeah people come here for to, for different reasons but when it comes to us as gay men you know like we talked about looking at models for relationships and things like that looking at the complexities of for some of us we still have not defined who we are as men more or less gay men and these are the things that are playing out 
um, as we go through these dating dynamics and all that, and that's normal. But yeah, when you have that going on on a scale where in smaller cities you only have it going on and maybe you know a couple of hundred people versus here you have a couple of thousand, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's all playing out at the same time. So it adds I... stigma. Go ahead, Derek. Yeah. Um, we've had this conversation before. We've had this conversation a few times. Um, we focus on Atlanta, I think, because it is this black gay mecca. But I've lived in a few different cities. Everything you're saying happens everywhere. Everything you're saying happens everywhere. I live in New York now. There's thousands of men here, you know. Um, I'm getting around to New York one day. Trust me, it's coming. You see, is he going to get that article on New York? Yeah. I don't know what they call that one, but yeah, New York is coming. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, they behave that way in New York. I'm from Chicago. They behave that way in Chicago. Mm-hmm. But I you don't know, think I, I, lived in, I lived in Baltimore. They behave that way in Baltimore. Oh my God, do they behave that way in Baltimore? <laughs> well, wow. They be, more importantly, they behave that way in Baltimore. They try to keep it on the downside. Yeah. But I think you just made a valid point, Derek, because in Atlanta, it is people come here just to be gay and be free. And yes. and, 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 and in those that. cities, um, I'm not saying that it's not the openness here, but I mean, hell, I mean, you, you have heterosexuals know, I mean, it, it, jokes are always made about how gay Atlanta is. Yes. You know, they like, you go to Atlanta, if you're a straight man, you're going to get hit on. Or if you go to Atlanta <laughs> during Labor Day weekend, you better watch your ass. I mean, I've heard these kind of things that have gone on, and this is not from our community. This is stuff that is put out by mainstream um, black, especially black radio. I mean, it is, it's I've heard that how, myself. how gay Atlanta is and how open we mm-hmm. are in this city. So, I mean, and in New York, like you said, yes, New York being a bigger city and having a larger population, but you don't hear them say that about the New Yorks and the Chicago's and the Baltimore's. So Atlanta does carry a very, very undue, I won't say it's, an un, it's, a, it's, a, it's a stigma. That, I will say New York does not have to I use that term very reluctantly, but for the purpose of this conversation. Because with New York, it's kind of anything goes. I mean, well, I mean, it's like, and who knows what you can wind up with. By well, you, and that's the thing. I mean, New York is a, truly is an international method, an international city, and I mean, it's kind of respected as anything goes in New York. Period. But I mean, when you have Steve Harvey, Tom Joner, all these radio personalities that when they talk about Atlanta, the first thing they focus on is the fact that yeah, you go to they don't say oh you go to New York and yeah you're gonna get hit on and on the street by some gay man, but you go to Atlanta, they're gonna say that. Yeah, I think there's also the idea that, you know, Atlanta doesn't have, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I, I know that a lot of cities have like gay neighborhoods, whereas Atlanta's kind of just spread out and dispersed throughout the city type deal. Well, uh, we do have a neighborhood here in Atlanta. It's a downtown. It's between uh, Piedmont, PC Street. And you know where outright used to be at, and you have Blake's, and you have uh, uh, not to have it with the tenth of Piedmont now. Yeah, or Midtown. Midtown, yeah. Is that I mean, there's that's the thing, but that it's also just Midtown too. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like the heart of the city is also the neighborhood. Like that's mm-hmm. probably why you get that impression. And that I've Atlanta heard is so gay. The village in New York is the neighborhood. Right. I've heard. Yeah. Yes. 
but it's like I mean, like everybody knows, like on Sundays, where where do all the gays go? Pete my heart. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it, yeah. It, it's joked about, it's talked about, but everybody knows that. But that's the thing. Like I was saying, it's like it's not it's not separated from the city. It's all integrated into it. You know what I'm saying? And not only that, I was just going to say we when we had this discussion before, we definitely said your what you bring to a city also dictates your experience. That was something I was telling to Xavier when he was considering moving. I was just saying like you know, wherever you go, there you are, you know, like your, who you are definitely colors your experience. So I guess for myself, um, you know, I, I figure like if you surround yourself with the right type of people or the people who share your values, for instance, and I, I just mean like, you know, that you would not put up with someone, um, being flaky or deceptive or, you know, like, you know, like the people around you filter the people who are going to, you know, have access to you in a way, Ooh. you know. Shaka, where do you live? I live in Dallas now. I lived, um, okay. I moved uh, from New York to here in 2013. I, I, I thought I heard New York. When yep. talking. That's <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll call you to the Dallas Stadium. <laughs> what happened? I was asking, how close are you to the stadium? I think I have to get a passport to go there. So far away. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> what part of what part of New York were you from? Most kitchen. You know, talk about big neighborhoods. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Um, All right. What? So, has Derek refuted the thought that Atlanta is the worst gay city in America? Has he- <laughs> <laughs> wow. yeah, he kind of did. He he did bring up like Chicago and New York and Baltimore. Don't I give a damn about tired ass Chicago niggas? The shade is Oh god, no. Xavier, did you have? Xavier, did you have a bad experience in Chicago or with a Chicago man? No, actually, I love Chicago. I do. I love Chicago. I really, mm. I actually want to, I actually want a summer house in Chicago. I love Chicago. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I just know Derek doesn't believe me when I tell him that, oh. I, that an Atlanta gay, if you got an Atlanta gay, you better ain't gas shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Well, you know, I did want to bring up something uh, about religion, spirituality, and relationships. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm going to ask Shaka this. Um, what what role do you believe, like, religion and spirituality play in helping you form connections with people? Uh, it's a, For me, I don't have any personal expectations to agree with anyone that I am going to be in a relationship with or that I'm currently with my boyfriend I was a Christian and I I will call myself spiritual agnostic I don't drive to anything so a lot of people they don't necessarily know how to take that they're like wait a minute <laughs> I'm like no come on but it's um, you know I, I do think that's another important it's almost just as important as politics I think that that's something that really has to be I guess established up front um, to either determine if the person that has a different belief from you, if you can maybe grow with that person in their journey and they're able to do the same with you or cut and dry. No, if you're, uh, you're not a Christian, like I'm a Christian, 
you know, I take it an even step further. Some people are Kojic, some people are Baptist, you know, Methodist. You know, that has to be sort of established and explained and, 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 and really, you know, looked at really heavily in the beginning. Yeah. Um, yeah. Early on, definitely, I would say those are topics, topics like spirituality, politics, children, uh, you know, I would at least bring that up for the, I'm sorry, six to eight months, like as you're getting to know each other and then maybe do it in layers. Like, don't just lay it all out. <laughs> the first <laughs> conversation, because that could be, you know, intimidating for some people to really even talk about when you may have a conversation with someone who's probably never had it before with someone. So it's yeah. just like, it's like a snowball effect. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger over the course of, you know, the time frame that you want to do it in. But um, yeah. you know, very, very important topic. So would you so, date somebody that was heavily in the church? Uh, well, I can tell you my boyfriend has not missed a Sunday since he and I started, you know, we've been together for almost right at two years in terms of dating and, and that whole thing. But yeah, he's, you know, uh, he's okay with me not going to church with him. He's okay with me. Um, you know, just having a, a whole different core value of beliefs and, 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 you know, things that I consider to be worship practices. Um, so he's okay with that. He doesn't ask me to include him. I don't ask him to include, you know, himself and what I do. So it's, it's a very independent thing. And when we have talked about it before, we've talked, we've even talked about it when it comes to like kids, cause we both want to have kids. How is that going to uh, that message, how was that message, how was that expectation going to be explained to kids that we potentially and raise in, in this environment over the next five to however many years before we decide to go that route? So it's, you know, it's, it's something that you not only have to bring it up, but, you know, talk about it in every way that is a possibility for you and your relationship. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a good point. I, I think the point you brought up about values and respecting each other's values is where, you know, the religion and spirituality thing comes. Like if someone is so, you know, uh, crunchy, I guess is the word, <laughs> you know, very earthy type, you know, spiritual person and you disrespect something that they say, or, you know, you roll your eyes, the wrong space and just clearly disrespect someone else's beliefs, mm -hmm. you know, can clearly get in the way of, you know, connecting with somebody. Um, but I, I did want to ask about something. I'm, I'm going through some of our topics and seeing how they relate to some of the things I've read of yours. Um, this might be a little frivolous and off topic, but um, what do you think about dating a friend's ex? <laughs> I wrote about that. Yeah. Um, I don't think I could do it. Yeah. I can't. I can't. Because from some of the conversations I've had with my friends, and no disrespect, I love my friends, but I wouldn't want to, you know what I'm saying? And then... <laughs> <laughs> I just, um, yeah. but that happened to me before. Uh, somebody that I actually thought was my friend. Uh, I broke up with someone and I mean, not even a week later, he uh, was out on a date with him and I didn't find that out through my friend. I found that out through the guy that I broke up with. He's like, oh, the boy, it's cool. He's great, you know? And, um, you know, I just, I-, I Oh, that's shady. Well, <laughs> well, I call those people. I call those people relationship vultures, and we all know why. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true. They're hovering. They're just waiting for that relationship yeah, to die, right. and it comes. Yeah, yeah. They're waiting, waiting, waiting to see how this gonna play out. They like vultures, you know. Yeah, which one gonna drop dead first? <laughs> <laughs> which one? <gonna> <laughs> 
you could hear you could hear the bird call and see this. I knew I knew one in Chicago. And I was like, bitch, can I finish having a relationship first before you start circling? <laughs> <laughs> well, but I think that, that brings up a value. She knows who she is. <laughs> Go ahead, Jeff. When we talk about, you know, because like you said, if, 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 if we're talking about creating environments where we share our relationship experiences for the purposes of positive modeling, then how do we do that knowing that that is something that is very common in our communities <laughs> i mean especially in like you said i mean you said you're in dallas that's yes. all a community in atlanta so it doesn't have as many available mates and suitors so to speak you know that's basic evolution in nature so people then tend to have to end up crossing lines where they might end up dating people that have dated people that they don't or you know you know that whole we, the communities are smaller yeah oh so, i mean how do then we then open our relationships if we feel like we want to share if we have positive experiences model or without feeling like the threat of okay i got people out there that are looking for my relationship to fail so they they can have what i have i see that all the time online too um but go ahead i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt the question though i think that's you know for me i had to learn what i was willing to tolerate from people and you know there were people that were telling me hey you know you don't want to be friends with this guy you know, why are you and why are you friends with him? Have you heard about his track record? Let me tell you about his track record. So I I make the mistake of not listening. You know what I'm saying? When all the signs were there where I just, you know, chose to be a friend versus, you know, letting people talk slick about him. And, you know, I, I had to realize that they were looking out for my best interest, knowing what they know of him, knowing what probably the community knows about him. But I think that, um, you know, when it comes to, um, I, you know, that's something that I think each person has to sort of take a look at themselves and say, you know what, if I am going to like have a conversation with you and share what my experience is with you, don't use that as an opportunity because I told you that he likes to do this to me in bed or he has this much money in a account somewhere. Don't use that as an opportunity to go behind my back, you know, to do something that you could have asked me in the beginning. Hey. What do you think if I go after Sean? Sean's a good guy. I'm attracted to him. I think he was probably attracted to me back in the day. What do you think Because I, I about me going after him? Because I don't want to impose on our friendship. I think our friendship, because that's how we're associated with each other, that is, in my mind, how, uh, you know, that should be something that takes a greater priority than a nut. You know what I'm saying? But I just, you know. Would you accept no as an answer though? Let's say this person is someone you're really interested in and your friend is like, no, he's off limits forever. <laughs> well, I, you know, if that was the case, then I would, I would have to respect it and roll on. It's too, okay. I know it's a small community, but it ain't like a circle of three, you know, there's way right. too many men out there, you know, way too many, you yeah. know, I always say like, many, but still at the end of the day, you're only going to end up with the one. But now, and that's just a sidebar thought, but I do kind of caution on this whole thing because I've seen this happen so many times with friends, with, with friends, with people we call our friends, will say, oh, you don't want to talk to her. You don't want to be friends with her because that bitch is low down. That bitch is evil. And my issue with that is you kind of got to get to know a person for you because that person may not have that relationship. I'll give you a great example. Lonnie. Everybody talks about how shady this bitch is. <laughs> but I personally, I have I really do. 
<laughs> That's so wrong. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. I tuned back in. Oh. Now, what did you say again? <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> finish your song. I love you. I do. And everybody knows I love me from Lonnie. They know it. But he, you know, they talking about it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and, and the say the award goes to Xavier. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he's not wrong. Go man. ahead, finish, finish, finish your thought, Xavier. Shocker, you, you remember when I said we're a little unselfish, right? Yeah. <laughs> now, I know, Lonnie, you talked about this before um, when you came on, um, the relationship vultures. I know you had such an experience. So, I mean, is there a way that someone can date an ex without you know being insulting in your eyes, or is it always like a, a problem? Um, um, honestly speaking, uh, um, I knew a friend who dated a lot of people that I dated and dated a lot of people that my ex dated. Um, to me, it's hard to trust a person like that. Um, however, Honestly, I don't know how to answer that question. I really, truly don't. I think um, Shaka did a great job with answering that question. Um, Xavier um, did an excellent job with answering that question. I don't think I can add anything to okay. that. Okay. No, no problem. I just, no, I just remember, I remember us discussing it, and um, yeah, I did. It, I've had that experience too. I should say, I've, I've had a friend who did the relationship vulture thing, and. Um, you know, we were like besties back, you know, early on. And we've since that incident have come to understand each other. I mean, we're not nearly as close as we were, but it's like we understand each other. And did he talk to you first before he went out with your ex? No, no. Oh, see, because I think here's the thing. Maybe someone who has not worked for you will work for somebody else. Yeah. But I do think that that conversation needs to be had. I think it's just respectful. And I'm not saying, you know, I dated five people and of the five people that I dated, he went out with three of them after I was done. Because that's a vulture. Yeah. And I think that you know, there's that one person. I have a friend who um, dated somebody for a while. And I could have seen myself dating that person. I didn't want to be with the person while they were together. I wasn't like hoping that they would break up or anything like that. But I got close to him you know, just because my friend and I were close. So when they started dating, I, you know, I got close with him too. I consider him my brother. Again, there were parts of him that I was like, oh yeah, I can see myself going out with this person. Um, when they broke up, it did not happen. Um, but I don't consider myself a vulture behind that. And that was just that one particular instance. Right. And I told, you and, I told my friend, and I told my friend about that. No, I'm not. Um, <laughs> and I told my, and I told my friend about that. I told him, uh, you know, not maybe a year or so after they had broken up. You know, I could have seen myself going out with. Him. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I have a question. Go ahead, Lonnie. What do you do when a person has dated damn near everybody in the city and then you're friends with this person and every person that you say, oh, I oh, I like this person. It's like, oh, yeah, me and him dated. It's like, God damn, bitch, how many people 
have you dated in <laughs> you, Atlanta? You find, you find wow. a friend that's not a whore. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo, catch a whore. Look your whore. But seriously, like that is really um, one of the things in our communities that people get around. They've had sex with multiple people. Um, and then when you befriend somebody. Again, I think. Go ahead. No, no, I'm you done. Know. Go ahead. I, I think we need to take the difference between I dated that person and I fucked that person. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Because those are two because those are two different things. Okay. There are people I have fucked. I've never dated them, never wanted to date them. Mm-hmm. We just had a really good time, you know, for a day or two or a week or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. Lord, my friend is a thought. <laughs> and then also keep in mind keep in mind also this too, and I I found this to be more prevalent than not, and people don't like to believe it. People niggas lie. Okay? Yeah. Niggas lie on their dick in a heartbeat. Oh, I done been with this person, I've been with this person. You ain't been with no goddamn lie. Trump got in office since Trump got in office. This bitch done lost his mind. <laughs> yes, I told y'all this. I told you this was happen. I told you. <laughs> He's in like post traumatic stress. Yeah. <laughs> you done gone real real friends and for those. I like the Xavier. Don't get me wrong. Don't stop, please don't. <laughs> I mean, after next week, I'll be, you know, I'll be a Southern bail again, but you know, right now I'm still just that rich that. white woman syndrome. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna go back to being a blonde, but you know, for right now, y'all just gotta deal with you know, yeah, <laughs> I'm thinking about this on, on issues of race. I wonder because you, you talked a little bit, um, Shaka, about interracial dating. Um, I mean, you say you've dated some white guys, um. Has issues of race ever come up? Like, now, did he actually say white, or did he just say he dated non-black? I heard white. I heard white. I heard oh, white, God. even though he didn't okay. say white. I just heard, exactly in my mind. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> date outside my race means white, but uh, you're right. Not technically say that, but let's just say someone who has not been say as sensitive about issues dealing with race in the black community, because um, we were talking about you know, you know, issues with you know political differences, but. You know, I'm just curious as to how an interracial couple would receive the, the election news <laughs> and um, or whether or not like, um, you know, issues deal, you know, the way we see the world, you know, is then confronted in, in a way that may have not come up before. Because I, I remember having this discussion with someone just saying that, you know, his impression of people who are interracial couples was that they never talk about race. You know, in his experience, I don't know if that's true or not, but I'm just curious as to what your opinion is on that. Well, well, I could tell you that it's certain people, and I'm going to use Stacey Das as an example. She probably wouldn't give a crap. You know what I'm saying? She, you know, people like that. Race is not really even a big thing because I think race for her is not. It's a mute point for her. It's about assimilation than mm. it is about her own identity and her cultural roots which, you know, DNA even proves that she can't refute that. So you got yeah. people like that. I think you also have, uh, and I'll use, of course, myself as an example. I dated someone. Um, he was Puerto Rican at the time that, remember when uh, Mike Brown got shot down? For me, mm-hmm. I'm very, 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 um, I, I have a very high appreciation for my roots and my background. Um, so I, I know who and where I come from, but... 
I, I do find myself connecting with stories about like, you know, when men are shot black, it really men, but particularly black men, because I know that I'm black. <laughs> so it's, it's yeah. hard not to be. But yeah, when I hear stories like that, I get and I get enraged when I hear yeah. certain things. And, and there's no there's no shortcut. Everybody likes to sweep it under the rug. This is going to be a long journey for us to be able to get to a, a place where we can have a seat at the table as a race, as a species. So when I had this conversation with, uh, you know, the guy that I was dating at the time, it was about, of course, Mike Brown. And I was asking him, what do you think about this? I mean, you're a person of color, too. I mean, it could easily be you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, well, I'm getting the whole thing. And I'm paraphrasing. Can we just talk about Beyonce? You know what I'm saying? It was next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got you. you know, Are you shitting me? <laughs> that was that was you know that wasn't what he said but that was a reaction i was getting right. and I, if i felt like it was a slap in the face to my experience and my intelligence for you to, to really not even evaluate what i'm saying and think about especially when i say that it could be for you i mean there's statistics out there also you know what i'm saying but I, he just uh, i learned a lot from that situation and yeah. i can tell you that at least be able to be available to be present and to acknowledge and receive what I am telling you. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to make this up. I don't, why would I do that? Why would anybody do that? And whether it's about race or whether it's about anything else, but particularly about race, because right now everything is so like heightened. I don't know about you guys, but I feel it. Um, If someone is not going to accept that, you know, you don't want to be in a relationship with them and you certainly you know, you don't want to continue going down that road because after a day of being out in the streets being black, you don't want to have to come home and explain your blackness. Yeah, <laughs> and they, that's what I that's, that's, that's what I always say. And yeah, they yeah. know they know you're black when they get into a relationship with you. You know what I'm saying? So for them to all of a sudden not really respect where you're coming from, I mean, it's a slap in the face to you and your blackness. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but can we be fair though? Would they date? Okay, my experience with uh, with oftentimes with um, Caucasians that do date African Americans, they already are kind of they have a semblance of awareness to the fact that their lives and in, in uh, growing up is significantly different than yeah. the average African than an African American, any African American, average or not average, and so they automatically know a lot of things about this and the fact that they you don't they don't require you to come home necessarily explaining you know what it is for you to be an african-american only on a few instances have i ever seen where they kind of didn't get it and i'm thinking about this client this is a heterosexual couple she was white and he was black and so she wanted a black therapist she wanted a black male therapist to help her understand some things that were going on in her marriage to her african-american husband and a lot of it really wasn't so much the fact that he was african-american i don't really feel like it was but then maybe some of it was like he had some issues with his mother and you know and she kept coming into play in their relationship and there's some other family dynamics kind of things and some other things that she believed in as far as how to rear children that were different from him but i don't really think that was so much as a unique thing to him being african-american and so when i've come in contact with uh, caucasians that date african-american men they already know from Jump Street that you as an African-American man have a different um, have a different path to walk in this life than they do. 
Yeah. I feel like that's how majority of them are. The ones I've come in contact with, they know that. And so I don't see their their partners coming home having to explain why this election was a problem for them or why they're so concerned about the state of black America. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you see, there was another one. I, I, I want to move on to another one because um, I want to give everyone on the panel a chance to uh, bring up any topics this week as well. And I know, um, but this one comes up in our discussions a lot about thirst traps and thirstiness. <laughs> so Shaka, like, give me a basic <laughs> idea of what you believe thirsty is. <laughs> mm, you know, I, when I hear people say that, and when they talk about being thirsty, to me, I don't see it as anything other than like sometimes just making an attempt, calling somebody back out the second or third time just to try to build that, you know, foundation. And some people look at it like, oh, you thirsty, you know, because they're not used to that consistency. They don't even know what that is. No. So that's, that's, I think that's something that we may have to like really go deeper into. But for me, thirsty yes, is- Yes, I wholeheartedly agree with you. Yeah. I think thirsty is if I tell you, look, I'm not interested and you still call me after that. Once I give you the blanket and you continue to do what you do, that ain't aggressive. That's not aggressive behavior. That's harassment. You know, right. <laughs> after, after, you know, if I'm, if, if both of us have an understood, um, I guess, connection with each other and like, we know that we want to get to know each other. We want to build that foundation. That's one thing. But I think if the other person either shows behavior, like if they completely just, you know, they don't return any phone calls after the first time, then, you know, I, and if you are on the 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th, 14th, if they've never responded back to you, that's the most. Yeah. You, know, no, you no. don't want to put out there like that. That ain't, you know. Well, I, get, I, I totally agree with that. And that's I, just I guess being my, persistent. What? <laughs> <laughs> I guess my follow-up question is why do we accuse people of being thirsty so much? That's the reason I asked that question is because I, I do Because as a culture we're immature. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I just see that 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 accusation thrown out all the time. Like this dish the nigga smiled at me. Like I think he just smiled. He wasn't trying to get with you. I just remember yeah. someone doing that post. Yeah. <laughs> the guy on the train, the guy smiled and you know, oh my god, we went out on a date, and three hours later, he was calling me. When he left, he no, said, I, Okay, make sure you text me when you get home. So I know you got home. Say, Damn, give me some space. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard worse. I've heard it too. What about what I had a an acquaintance of mine talking about? So, well, he gave me extra napkins, he liked me. Oh, he gave me extra apple pie at my meal, he liked me. I'm <laughs> Like the guy who gave me my pizza that day, he like rubbed on my hand, like, oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> and what did you rub on? <laughs> oh, oh <no>. pepperoni. <laughs> I'm going back to mute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, god, wow. But I, I think though, what you bring up, and that's an interesting point, hmm. like you said, I mean. If we're talking about like we talked about this whole show and we talked about consistency and things like that and, and open communication and these things that form good relationships. But when you do those, if they're looked at as being negative, then how do we do that? Because that's part of the issue, because my thing is, like you said, if I am meet you and I there's an interest and we express both that there's something there. Like you said, I'll call you once. I'll call you twice. If I don't hear back from you. Yeah, I'm not calling you back. But mm. then on the same note. 
you know, if I don't call you, then I'm 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 flaky and I'm not consistent. So it's like a double-edged sword there. And it's like me, how do we then define that? And then how are we gonna because like you know, they're saying we went out on a date. I just said, you know, hey, let me know you made it home safely. Oh now you th- oh are you thirsty? It's like I mean, how do we get beyond those things? Because that is what creates those barriers, I think, where we talk about people being genuine and being mm-hmm. transparent. Absolutely. Well, look at look what look okay, if you're doing your part as a man, as you know, a, a person that's really stepping up to the plate and really trying to do dating the right way. As long as you were doing your part and this person is coming back to you with the whole, you know, this, that, and the third, who cares what they say? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, who cares? You know, and then consider the source. Consider they probably never received a compliment in their life. You know, otherwise they would be used to that. They would be used to all these things. Okay, that that you brought up, you brought up the point of what I, I was about to say, but could it also be that a person has, and, and this is true, a person has never had someone be a gentleman to them to that point where, because I mean, especially in a lot of young people like twenty five and under. All they've known is a person wants to get in their draws, and that's so. Most mostly that's what they've always known. They have never known somebody to just be, you know, friendly to them, be complimentary to them. Let them know you got home safe. Let me know, you know, call me when you get off work so we can talk. They always thinking that oh, we're just trying to get up and you know, and, and that's what. And, and once they had that, that's what they go after, and that's what they get accustomed to. They never get accustomed to somebody being a gentleman to them. It, it, I mean, could that be some kind of contribution to that? Well, you know, if a guy is trying to get in your drawers, I mean, good, good for you. You want him to do that. You know what I'm saying? But (laughs) what are you going to allow him to do? You know, he's not going to come rape you. You know what I'm saying? It's just, you know, I think that, you know. I don't know. These Atlanta girls, Mike. (laughs) I have a a question. If you're into that, basically. (laughs) After you finish, I have a question. But finish your thought. Um. I don't even, I forgot where I was going with that. Um, <laughs> um, but I can tell you that when it comes to, you know, a guy doing everything that he is, is, is that he knows to do based on every, his examples, based on what's been taught to him, you know, allow him to be who he is, allow him to give yourself time, give himself time to really show you who he is. And then, you know, determine at that particular point if he's thirsty or not, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Lonnie. My my question, my my question is, um, I don't know if this is a question or a statement, but listening to what everybody is saying, um, and could it be fair to say that this is more of a a behavioral health thing? Um, And glad you're still here, Xavier. Um, Could it be is that because we've been brought up in single parent, some of us have been brought up in single parent homes. Some of us have been brought up in lower class. Is it lower class or is it low class? Or uh, whatever it is. It can be lower. I'm sorry, lower class environments. And, and and we've had to deal with so many things as a child growing up into adult uh, adulthood that now that we're trying to form these relationships with people, we don't have the fundamental tools and also we have such a behavioral issue problem that we have psychologically that we 
are not able to function in these fucking relationships. <laughs> but you just painted a whole lot sit. of people with the same brush. <laughs> I mean, and, you just painted like we need to whole... sit on a goddamn therapist chair and talk <laughs> about all these goddamn issues because if a motherfucker just passed you some extra tissues, oh my God, she loves me. <laughs> no, come on, bitch. He well, don't I think, love you. I think a more... Let's bring up a more pointed question. Um, on on Lonnie's point is what do you what do you think about uh, therapy or relationship couples therapy and um, have you talked to people have you done it yourself and and what's your experience on that I've done it I've done it and I recommend it I recommend it before people get married I even recommend it if you can uh, to do it before you even get into a real relationship you know there's a lot of guys who say you know what I'm ready to settle down I'm really ready to do X Y and Z I'm gonna get married I want to have you know the whole thing. Yeah, I recommend that. I recommend. Yeah. I re- highly, highly, highly recommended it. And for me, um, I did it after I broke up with someone, and I did it for two reasons. I did it for us, and I did it for myself. And I learned more about myself in one session than I probably ever knew. Like just dealing with different people, and that would give me advice on different things. So yeah, a therapy is a big deal. And for you know a lot of the what you brought up, Jay, I think that it is. Um, you know, when you really look at that, that, what people are going through in their own lives, they're not able to sort things out. They're not really able to, and don't have the time to, you know, maybe spend a lot of time with a professional or they may not even have the money. I think that, you know, what we should do in those cases where that, that's an issue is, give, first of all, give yourself time. Know that it's not an overnight process when you're undoing potentially 15, 20, 30 years worth of trauma in some cases. So, you know, know that that's what you have to work with. Give yourself time to be patient. Give yourself time when you're meeting people to be patient with them. And, you know, uh, just put the right steps in the right direction to, to work on getting you where you need to be to to really have a healthy relationship. Yeah. And I the only just, reason why I mentioned yeah. the class, the only reason why I mentioned class, um, the, uh, the economic um, point of it is because I think that when people are from a different um, they look at relationships kind of differently than those who are from a different one. That was the only reason why I brought up the class. Oh, okay. That's it. That is interesting, uh, though. Yeah. I, I think people who grew up with money and two parents are just as fucked up as those who grew up in single parent households struggling. But I would life. love to see those people on this panel, and I would love to see to hear those people say and talk about these issues. Um, as well, but the only people that I've seen in my circle, not saying that you guys up here on the panel, I'm just saying people that I've come in contact with are from single parent homes and they have grew up in what some would consider to be the slums. And I'm not, and I know Xavier comes from a two parent home. And if I'm not mistaken, he's from upper middle class or middle upper class, whatever environment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I have a question though. Well, I didn't grow up in the slum, just FYI. Though I did come from a single parent home, I did not come from the slums. We lived in a house. It was fully detached with a yard, two yards. I had to cut the grass. Uh, <laughs> and, um, so, Derek, they convinced you to get outside and cut grass and Daisy do? That's right, exactly. Every Saturday, well, you know you got to cut the grass, right? So, I got a question. What, up? <laughs> what is this thing I hear people say? Well, I can't tell anybody. I can't find anybody to date because I get bored so easily. Like, what the fuck does that shit mean? 
Because mm. I've always been told that means you got a short attention span. <laughs> well, that's not what I was told, but okay. Um, all right, yeah, that's my question. What does that yeah. mean? That is a good question. That what? means you need to go have some couch time. <laughs> that means that as a child, they was diagnosed with ADD, and in their adult life, they I mean, were not diagnosed with ADD. That 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 means that I mean, and I mean, it, like we were just saying a minute ago, and like you're talking about, I mean, people being raised and different, whatever. I mean, one thing that is very clear, and like we've been, you know, we talk about, we don't talk about it. One, I mean, we were not raised and bred to be gay men. We were raised to be heterosexual men, which mm-hmm. is part of the problem because there is no modeling that happens to us as children. So we do grow up. Up, and we really don't know how to properly form relationships with one another. So um, that's not something that's taught. It's not affirmed, especially in our community. I agree. You know, we thought we're supposed to grow up and you know get married to some woman, you know, buy a house with a pick, white picket fence, you know, a half a dollar, two point five kids. That's statistically what they say to us. But you know, when Xavier talks about things like yeah, you know, people say they get bored or they get whatever, it's because a lot of times. Yeah, they are still dealing with some things, but also some of that is bullshit. Because I mean, everybody's not going to make decisions. Like some people are very comfortable in their dysfunction, and I think what that brings to like what Lonnie talked about. Like, um, I'm not going to go sit on the couch and talk about my issues because I'm very comfortable in being dysfunctional because I'm enjoying life the way I am because I get to go in this ignorant bliss kind of space where I don't have to be accountable. Whereas when I start having to deal with my stuff and really look at okay. Um, why is it that I can't form a healthy relationship? What does a healthy relationship look like? Is it just sexual? Is it something more? What is it that I'm truly looking at? And it's like when you ask guys those basic questions and a lot of them can't answer it or they don't want to answer it. So it's literally like, okay, no, I don't want to deal with you because you're making me think too much. I'd rather go over here with this thought over here who ain't asking me those questions. And we just Amen. The time. <laughs> yeah, it's like you too deep. Yeah, I think that's maybe what you're getting at, Xavier. Um, with the they're too bored. I don't know. It's not a I don't know. That is a good one though. Um, but we are kind of going into our final hour. So I do want to um first reiterate the website so that people who joined us mid hangout. Let me shut everything down. Um, yeah, let me just, yeah. So the website is, um, yeah, Shaka, just, I guess, reiterate what you told us at the beginning and, um, and then, uh, we'll ask some more questions from the, the panelists. Um, just, uh, I guess like, uh, the name of the website and how you can be contacted. Okay. Uh, the name of the website is get your love life at wordpress.com. Get your love life, all one word at wordpress.com. Uh, you can send me an email. Uh, one of the things that I have on the website is Ask Shaka, and it's basically where I get a lot of questions, a lot of dating and relationship sex advice, and uh, you know, I put those on there uh, just so I can give sort of like what my experience and my commentary is on it. But it's getyourlovelife at gmail.com. On Facebook, you can find me at shakahassani.com. It's a little bit, you know, more personal. It's not so devoted to the, the blog and the website, but um, you know, you get to see me in my rare elements and, and, and my mm-hmm. moments where I'm having a little fun. Uh, that's Shaka Hassani uh, on Facebook. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, Get Your Love Life, or at Get Your Love Life on Twitter. Um, but yeah, more to come on that. And um, the website itself is about love, dating, relationship advice, solutions, and uh, a specialty and a focus on just like uh, issues and, and, and solutions. Uh, that affect us as black men. But yeah, get your love yeah. on uh, wordpress.com. 
All right. And I, I do want to just uh, give everyone a, a chance. I know I, I moved through a whole bunch of topics and I probably pushed faster than, um, you know, like maybe moved on quicker, but there was a lot. I was going through the site, you know, anticipating talking to you today. And I was like, damn, there's a lot of good questions here. But um, if you have any other topics, Shaka, that, uh, you know, new articles uh, that you'd like us to discuss, I'd love to bring those up and focus in on a single topic rather than like, you know, this lightning round (laughs) (laughs) of relationship topics. But it's been a blast. I have to just say that. Like, these are my favorite topics to discuss. Yeah, And we didn't even we didn't even talk about tops and bottoms like that was (laughs) That's, you know, <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned that. Jeffrey <laughs> asked you on it earlier, though. Yeah, yeah, we did. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, according to, uh, I don't know if Xavier is still on. No. But I, uh, <laughs> or, yeah, I think he uh, dropped for a little bit. He dropped. I wish Mark was. I wish Mark was still here because there was a, um, something posted in Anthony the Cover last night that we got into a discussion. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, really that shit. But that's our. Yeah. That seems to be our perennial topic. Is like you know why they that why shit. they no real tops no more. <laughs> there ever any? That's the <laughs> oh my god! Uh, but that's you know that was one that was one thing that I, you know, I kind of you know I look at it a different way um, because when you're dating. I mean, it's one thing if you're a man and a woman, but with two men, you have the same plumbing. How do you know who's a top and who's a bottom? You know, I think that will work if, let's say, for example, if a person is versatile, then, you know, you could do whatever floats your boat. But if a person is a little bit more like one sided, you have to ask the question and you don't want to um, get to a point where you've been dating a couple of weeks and all of a sudden you, you know, everything is good and you're both pops or you're both bottoms and nobody's nobody is willing to compromise well that's so, the thing to to me is, is funny like i can know someone who's consistently getting his back blown out by a dude and say he's not really a top he's just doing this for me but he's not really into it. he's not really enjoying it it's like you're going into his head and telling him what he's enjoying and what he's not just because and what it really came down to is like you know masculinity and dominance and submission and those sorts of things like they're not doing it the way they want it done and so they're reading all these other things into it. Like, I just, yeah. that's been some yeah, of my about top and bottom We are, we are. Yeah, I said, said we got it. He said yeah. again. <laughs> I know. The reason I, I was actually kind of wrapping it up, and then I said, we didn't even talk about tops and bottoms. <laughs> and then we started talking about tops and bottoms. But, uh, but no, I mean, I, I said on a later episode, maybe we'll, we'll get into that. But if you want to talk about Taz about it. Yeah, I heard somebody call my name. Who called my name? Me. <laughs> Derek, you can't take all of that. I told you once before. You got the. <laughs> oh, no. Normally, I'm very good at it, but we got company today. So. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, that, you know, that is Xavier. That I, I guess I have a question. Mm-hmm. You, I, I think you brought this up. If someone um, brings it up, you hate when people bring it up too soon. And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, how do you know? You know what I'm saying? You both have the same plumbing. Right, so it's right. like, unless you are really, really good at guessing, really, really good at guessing. And sometimes you never know. I'm really good. Well, you know, the way I can do it respectfully is to ask about previous relationships and then just ask what sexual roles you took in that previous relationship and is that emblematic of other relationships you know um it's a way of saying that i'm interested in you as a full person and not just as a sexual object you know what i'm saying 
um, and in the in the context of relationship, and it's it's just the same as asking, are you a top or bottom? But you know, it's just what I actually asking, are you a top or bottom? Yeah, you know, <laughs> you a- asking someone if they're a top or bottom just says you are a you know a sex toy that I'm going to use. Me. <laughs> no, you just want to get straight to the point. That's all it is. Well, I mean, there's a way about doing it. That's all I'm saying. Um, I don't man. have no no crass. I'm 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 very crass when I ask my questions. So. Yeah. I don't think that I don't think that's crass though. I think you know. Again, I think we get caught up on the. Derek, are you a top or a bottom? <laughs> I, I bring it. I bring it all. I don't. I don't you never know. What you might like. <laughs> so yeah, I don't limit myself. But why? Why are we so afraid of having sexual conversations? Why are we afraid to ask that whole? What do you like? What do you want to do? You know, I mean, however you phrase it, and what's wrong with just wanting to have sex from from somebody? Right. You know, there, there are so many times, and this is what I love. This is what I absolutely love about the leather mm-hmm. lifestyle is that you cut all that shit out. You hot. I want to fuck. You want to fuck? Let's go. <laughs> you know, you know just pretense all that pretense about, oh, you know, I really want to date you. I want to get to know you. I want to meet your mama. Like, no, you got a big ass and I want to fuck. Let's go. Yeah. Well, I think, though, that's uh, like you said, but that's where you get into preference because not everybody's into the leather lifestyle. And for those of us that are not, that but are. It doesn't okay. have, but, but I guess what I'm saying is it doesn't have, that's why I like the leather lifestyle, but it doesn't necessarily have to be the Why? Why must you go to the leather lifestyle in order to get that honesty? Well, and that's what I'm saying. I mean, it's like you said, I mean, and I think we talk about appropriateness and how you ask and how it comes up. Like Malcolm brought up a good point about asking questions about previous relationships and things because it's all about like i said what like you said what are your intentions in the beginning now yes if we just mean for a hookup absolutely if that comes out your mouth then fine that's understood but if we're talking about and we've talked about the development of relationships and not just about i mean because we all know how to go out and get a fuck i mean that that is easy i mean hell we can look at all the apps on all of our phones and do that now but if we're talking about truly developing relationships then yes, I think, and it does need to be a conversation. And I agree with you because as a health educator, we tell people, and I'll tell a person in a heartbeat: if you can't talk about fucking, you don't need to be doing it. Period. Mm. That's what we tell people. So if you can't have a grown man conversation about it, then yeah. But I think it's an appropriate way to do it, and some people do it in a very disrespectful way, and it is because they've not been told, hey, you just don't walk up to somebody and say, okay, well, yeah, I want to get, I want to date you, but first thing, you know, let me shake hands with your dick before I shake hands with you. <laughs> or like, well, I'll be honest. When I first meet somebody, the first thing I see is their physical attributes. I don't look at their mind or anything else outside of that. And, well, and that's just what I said because a lot of people say that, and people say all men are visual, and that's not true because yeah. men are visual. But it's like, when are you gonna step up your game and become a grown man? Because yeah, you was visual and you could get on that when you was in your twenties, but now you're in your thirties and your forties, and you ain't grown up yet. But this is you mean to tell remember, me? Oh, okay. You mean uh, to go play. ahead, Malcolm. I digress. I digress. No, I, I was gonna, I was gonna make the comparison <laughs> of um, LGBT relationships <laughs> and straight relationships, right? And the idea of like a woman, you know, a woman coming up to a guy who's who she's genuinely interested in dating, like in a relationship and not a hookup situation. And she were to ask this guy, so you know what? I really would like a relationship with you, but I can't really date someone who doesn't eat pussy. You know, like I really need you. 
I really need to sit on your face and rub it in hard. And if you don't eat pussy, I can't, you know, like I can imagine that just completely derailing the conversation about relationship and moving it directly into a sexual realm. You know what I'm saying? But I guess with gay men, there is this neat. If I were straight, that's what I would want to hear. <laughs> well, and, guess, yeah. and some people do that. I mean, and yeah. that's the thing. it's fine. And it's all about, like you said, context. It is if I'm looking for a fuck, am I looking to date? And I think those are the things that uh, collectively we, you know, we, we make decisions about. And I mean, for some of us, like I tell people, empty sex does nothing for me. So, so are I'm you saying because man. I'm a visual person that I need to step my game up because well, I'm no, not I'm a man? I'm saying you're a visual person. When I'm, is that? A lot of times we use that as an excuse. We say, oh, well, men are visual, and that's why we only go. I, everybody it's, is visual. Women you know, are, not visual. The blind, are visual. Not the blind. Yeah. Everybody does not always. Ray Charles went around filling people um, arms before he had sex with them. So <laughs> he was visual to a point. <laughs> But and he was a man. Well, my thing is, I mean, nothing being visual is not a bad thing, and I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that doesn't always necessarily need to be the only criteria. And that's what a lot of guys go by. You know, well, like you said, I mean, if I meet somebody on one of the say online sites, before we can have a productive conversation, I even get to know, hey, who I'm talking to, I need to see your pictures. Well, boo, you said you wanted to get to know me and be a friend first. So what is my picture? Uh -uh, have to uh -uh. That? No, if I have a I have a dating app and I and, and I'm actually online just the one? right now. Oh, just the I one? have about a few. I have a few. Okay, all right. And I normally just log on when I'm sitting on the toilet or whatever. However, <laughs> but I do log home. But if a person can see me, see a face photo of me, then I need to see a face photo of the person who I'm talking with. Now, when I say that I'm very visual, I am visual. I look at everything about a person. Now, the people that I've dated. My friends have looked back and like, Lonnie, you really don't have no taste at all because this person is ugly. What you see as ugly, I see as beauty. So I am a visual person, but I do dig deeper. Exactly, but I do dig deeper when I get to know a person. Yeah, I would just say there's like a certain appropriateness about any conversation, like in any context. And there's the, the denotation or the explicit conversation you're having. And then the implicit, you know, underlying conversation. And I think you need to be aware of both, right? Right. And that's all we're saying. It's like, you, there's the communication. I don't like what y'all are saying. There's no. the communication. All I'm saying, you know what? It's so rare that I agree with Lonnie. It's so rare that I agree with Lonnie, but I'm going to have to, honey, when you want to fuck, you just want to fuck. But that's what I'm saying. We're talking about in the situation where you don't just want to fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I still yeah. want to know who I'm looking at, though. Well, yeah, okay. Well, I'm just saying, I'm not that person. First of all, I am kind of in the, you know, let's just fuck and figure it out later. But then you end up with a Trump supporter, so there you go. <laughs> so, but I, always work out. I'm still kind of, I'm, I, I still question that whole that whole situation because I'm, I really am upset with that whole situation. Like, just let <laughs> something go because a person is a Trump supporter. Are you serious? I'm just saying that. No, I, I, I would say it like I, this. I don't um, like it. I don't understand. I don't want. I don't want to be in their company anymore. Yeah, I, I'm saying it's a deal dealing with values, and it's not just that he's a Trump supporter; it's that he's a bigot, a church, a big bigot. How a bigot against immigrants? That because was what it was. That's what it really. I was. digress. Yeah, it I was a, the Trump su supporting of Trump was off on a, another side. Yeah, it's kind of like I'm disgusted with your values and. Yeah, that's a problem. And, and there's nothing I can say or do to change that. I'm like, you know, but 
If, wait, if he thought that, and what does he do professionally since he thought that the immigrants were coming to take his job? I have no idea. That's the thing. I don't know. It's very <laughs> How do you not know that we were just fucking. I'm okay, maybe we're not dating. <laughs> I'm logging off. I'm logging off. <laughs> first of all, first of all, you I maybe should not have called it dating. <laughs> maybe I should have called it dating. It's a little. It was shallow. Let's just be clear. But it was and good okay. shallow. It's okay, that's okay. Yeah. Hey, I, I really don't even know the dude's last name. I'm serious. <laughs> really? You know what? Michael, I need you to stop talking about this right, right. now. <laughs> I'm sorry. I need mean, you to look this. I need you to put a gag order on this part of your life. Okay. <laughs> no more. It's all good. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm kind of digging my hole. Yeah, I just realized like this is being taped. Oh my God. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we got company over and you was behaving this way. Oh God, what is left of it? But no, I think those, I, I think in that situation, it's definitely casual. And I, I have no problem doing casual because I wasn't looking for a relationship. So, but even in a casual scenario, um, you know, there are deal breakers and that turned out to be one for me. I didn't expect it. I didn't expect it. I was just disgusted by it what he said you know what i'm saying and i'm not saying that we may never hook up again <laughs> i'm just saying in that moment in that moment i was just like get out of my to say is that he's good for a nut but not just the date yeah basically yeah well he wasn't trying to date no way so it don't matter no. <laughs> so I don't understand what the out where the outrage came from that he's a Trump supporter. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was in my I, feeling. I, I, no, I'm saying I was. But I guess when he got you bent over, I guess he had been Trump supporter don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was in my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> when he got you bent over. <laughs> I was all up in my feelings about the election, right? Mm. He's just cheering about Trump winning, and I'm just like, God, I cannot be around you, like. Mm. Well, you know, at least somebody is cheering for him because I can tell you. <laughs> my feelings are so hurt right now. <laughs> for you. <laughs> oh, God. But um, no, I just went all off the track. I want to give everyone a, a chance if there was a topic that you wanted to discuss. Um, I got one. Okay. Uh-oh. I got one. I love life. <laughs> okay. Well, that's going to take a while. Mine is quick. Okay. Um, so the CEO of Grubhub, after the election, sent out an email to all his employees saying, if you voted for Trump, you should just quit. Because this is not what we do here. Wow. We are all about everybody and tolerance and not that bullshit that you just voted in. <laughs> oh, no. When the public has dropped some, apparently. But you know, I support Grubhub, and and we support Grubhub, and we at Grubhub household. But I'm out here visiting in Jersey, and um, yeah, I yeah, I'm going to send an email at some point because um, yay, his name is wait, I have his name, Matt Mahoney or Maloney? Yes, Matt Maloney. Okay, yeah, just thank you, Matt Maloney. I agree with you. I support Grubhub. Yeah, and everyone else should. <laughs> I I, w- I would think that it might hurt business a little bit because I you know it was like twenty five percent of the country voted for Trump, so 
I mean, but you know, twenty five percent of the business use and growth of the country use and growth. Of? I, don't, I don't know, but you. I, I mean, do you like for for Atlanta, for example? Do you guys use a lot of food delivery services? We um, just are starting that, but I was gonna say. Um, the one thing like they talked about with the whole Trump versus it was kind of rural versus urban and urban areas is Grubhub, whereas you're not getting Grubhub yeah, exactly. down in the country in the middle of the cornfield. Like, right. yeah, like I know people who literally live off Grubhub here in, in New York. Yeah. Yeah. You know. No, that's true. But, like, um, someone was so saying there are that a lot of really... New Yorkers who use they who use their kitchen as an extra closet. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard them say that there's there really is no such thing. Am I I wrong? Nope, that was me. You're talking about me, basically, because I did. (laughs) (laughs) I need to look into this, yeah. But no, I I was just thinking like... um, No, it's true. You know, one of the things they say about the electoral map is that there really are no red or blue states. It's just how much of the boundaries of the state incorporate how much rural area and how much city, you know? Because all the cities are blue and then all the rural areas are red for the most part. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, which one balances out which, and then the, and then you have the Electoral College, and it's all pretty random. And one of the things they were saying about the, the changing demographics, um, especially with, like, the Latino population, is that all of those Latino populations are in super red states or very blue states. There are no, I guess Latinos just don't live in swing states. <laughs> so it's just not affecting the Electoral College the way Republicans fear, you know, um, and probably won't for a long time you know, until people start moving around and mixing up and stuff. But, you know, yeah, I don't know, like how you like many delivery. You guys in the South don't use like many delivery services, do you? Because I remember there was a there was a service called Webvan, which I loved when I lived in Chicago and it went out of business. But it was because while it was doing well in cities like Chicago and cities like New York, where they had expanded out to places like Atlanta and, and different parts of Tennessee and stuff, they weren't doing well. But these are places where people typically have cars because everything is so spread out everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, now, like with Uber Eats, like, you know, it's, you know, Uber is doing well in Atlanta. And I mean, and that's a component now that they really are trying to get people to buy into here. But yeah. I mean, a lot of people, you know, I mean, but now, like, you know, hell, like, you can order your groceries online and people are beginning to use some of those things more. So, you know, it just depends. I mean, what area you live in, you know, like people in Buckhead and those areas will probably use services like that more because, yeah, they are, you know, in the city and, you know, it's whereas if you do live on the outskirts, it's like, yeah, I got to get in my car anyway to go do this. So I might as well take something up while I'm out. Yeah. Yeah, I was just thinking, like, um, I'd be kind of wary. I, I, I was thinking about this Grubhub CEO and reading the article. I'd be, like, a little wary of saying shit about Trump, period, just because he does have power now. <laughs> it's one thing to be a bully, but to be a bully with power. And he's been and he's vindictive. Yeah. <laughs> he's very vindictive. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, it's interesting, like, he, um, they mentioned in this article that he's already had um like twitter wars with the ceos of apple and um amazon oh god over some because of because he threatened them yeah yeah he's he said something about apple had to do with the san bernardino shooting you know when they apple didn't want to unlock the phones of the shooters and then i don't remember what the amazon one was about but they've already got into it with them and now you have actual things that you can 
uh, penalize these companies, you know, um, there is quite a bit a president can do. But anyway, um, we just elected a troll. That was my off. <laughs> yeah, a troll. Oh God, yes, <laughs> yes. I thought also it was interesting. You know that Trump is the oldest person to be elected. Uh, yeah, I did not know that. I always thought it was Ronald Reagan, but yeah. Yeah, he apparently was a few years younger, like in the 60s, and Trump is 70, so when he was elected. I think the major thing is that, um, you know, I guess Ronald Reagan was suffering from Alzheimer's at the time. People didn't know, but, um, and people... We already had our first female president. Her name was Nancy Reagan. (laughs) Yeah. He's a very great guy. He is awesome. Yeah, you see, you have to go. I'm just saying. What are you drinking, honey? <laughs> I look like that apple monkey. Jesus, I don't want him seeing me saying anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you trying to like suck up to him because he's gonna? Well, you can <laughs> throw me over the wall. <laughs> throw me <laughs> over the wall. You're a running start, and I'll jump because. Yeah, yeah. yeah we don't want to see you with him under the back of Trump. Claudia, are you going to be one of the good ones? Are you going to be like Omar Ross? <laughs> I'm sorry. I can I I I I can't be like Amarosa. I'm sorry. I can't. Do that. I okay. Can't yeah. Think about that. Did we talk about um, uh, Dave Chappelle's uh, skit? Yes, we did. Oh, that we did. Oh, we did it at the beginning. Well, I think you guys did an off the air. I think that's what I was trying to remember. If we talked about it before we went live or after, but. No, um, exactly. It was after, okay, because he did have a little thing about Amorosa in his monologue, which was hilarious, but kind of reminded me of that. Also, I guess Chris Rock's running for president. (laughs) 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 Apparently, he announced his candidacy for presidency in 2020, (laughs) which I'm I'm assuming is a joke, but... uh, Maybe not. perfect time for the black community to rally around um, a congressman or a congresswoman or somebody... um, to, to get them elected next year, uh, the, within the next uh, the next four years, uh, the next election. I'm sorry. Yeah. Let me put this alcohol down. <laughs> <laughs> or let me get some of that. No, I'm just saying. Right. No, um, it is true that I'm um, reading this article that I forgot he did play uh, the president in a movie. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. It was that? Uh, but you know, it, it, people thought it was a joke when um, Donald Trump announced too. And, right. And Kanye West. Right, he Donald Trump has that. been announcing this for years. Like Donald Trump yeah. announced it like since the eighties, if I'm not mistaken. In yeah, the 90s, he he first mentioned he first mentioned running for president in eighty eight on Oprah's show. I remember that that um it was kind of crazy. Yeah, but at that time he was talking about running as a Democrat, which is it ain't very interesting. Right. Yeah, and I'm, I, although we should mention, like he still held many of the same beliefs, even though he was a Democrat at the time. Um, when we were talking about the uh, the Central Park Five, and you know, he was allegedly a Democrat at the time. So, well, he yeah. was friends with Hillary Clinton, and 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 he was he was friends with the Clinton. They were at his wedding, so I mean, right? It's <laughs> like he's always rubbed elbows. But that should tell you something, to be honest. That's why I thought mm-hmm. this was a whole joke. I'm like, because I saw the videos and the pictures. I'm like, they're friends. So what the fuck? Clearly not. Clearly not that close. There's their seventh cousins. Yeah. yeah. Oh god. And let's not forget Obama and uh Bush are also related too. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Hey, Juwan, by the way, just say <laughs> I didn't realize you were there, but, um, but no, I just, uh, yeah, I mean, it is, it is crazy. And I think, you know, talking to some white people last night, I did finally talk to some white people about the election. Uh, most of them, I don't know how, um, how to put it is that I think they're uh, at least amongst my friends who are Republicans who didn't necessarily support Trump in the primaries, but are, um, you know, hopeful that he'll, you know, do whatever Republicans do. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying I, when I talked to them about it, I was just like, don't, don't expect me to agree on any of this. And I, I just, you know, ended the conversation there. Cause I don't want, you know, well, that's but, a lot. Well, that's how they felt when Obama got elected. So I guess we're only getting a dose of our medication from, um, from. Obama. Yeah, I think he is kind of like the bizarro world Obama in a way. Like everything that was good about Obama, you know, is the yeah, opposite it, in Trump. Yeah. I wonder if this pay. I'm, I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist, but uh, this feels like payback for getting Obama in office. I don't think that's a conspiracy at all. I think it's, they call it white last. Year, so uh-huh. it I think white. it's just the reality of it that we're a diverse country and we can only have one president. So we kind of go back and forth all the time because one guy comes in, pisses off the rest, you know, and then we kind of reverse course. Well, I mean, and I think it wasn't even just that. I mean, I mean, it's not just with the white lash, but also, like we said, I mean, with Hillary Clinton, it's kind of that thing of they would rather elect a black man than a white woman. That says a lot about our country. Yeah. Because, I mean, it really did, for some people, boil down to gender at a very yeah. level. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for a lot of people who would be like, um, I wouldn't, you know, want to be another country on her time of the month, which, you know, right. I was kind of like insulting her age, but it's like she hadn't had a time in a month in like a decade. But. Right, because there, <laughs> but there was the other one, which was my personal favorite. She couldn't satisfy her husband, so how's she going to satisfy her husband? Yeah, that's some bullshit. Yeah, yeah, I still am mad about that. I mean, because that that if they they if she had a divorce, then they would have said she was not uh, she was not supporting values that were of this country. Yeah, there was no way she was going to win that situation. Backlash. Yeah, and that's the well, thing. Like I I got I, the. I understood the criticism just because, um, you know, culturally speaking, I remember thinking about like the criticism of Michelle Obama. Like if you really get into, you know, Republican land, like I do sometimes with, um, you know, the people around me, you know, that's when I guess when it's a, a, a pointed unfair attack against someone you really like, you can really see the insanity and what they're, you know, and what they're doing, there's a point at which even Democrats didn't really like Hillary Clinton. <laughs> like they supported her and her policies and, you know, but personally as a human being, we're not just like in love with her. You know what I mean? The way that uh, many Democrats are the same about Michelle Obama, you know what I mean? Hmm. And so when you hear a Republican come after her, it's like, oh, no, bitch. <laughs> like you, hey, you, you, you fuck with the wrong yeah, one. Yeah, <laughs> you cannot mess with Michelle. I'm sorry. <laughs> exactly. No, 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 no. And so, that's the thing. She's only attacked because she's affiliated with Obama. Exactly. She hasn't done anything wrong. She's more educated than 98% of the people that actually have something negative to say about her. But it's yeah. like, you know, just because of affiliation. Yeah, you know, has she not be? You know, I, I guarantee you, if she wasn't married to Obama and she was just, you know, another politician, they would attack her. But I don't think they would go in on her like the yeah. way they have been going in on her. 
Yeah, yeah, they really did. Yeah. But even on the things that they've gone in on her, it was baseless. I mean, like they talk about like the arm thing and these mm-hmm. like they have they like she had a platform and she truly went out and did something as a first lady that was completely independent of her husband. Yeah, and they they could not say what could they say about that? I mean, she she was you know she raised her two kids and she was very clear about you know the fact that yeah and she said it a lot and i even said that barack did not have to run for president he did it because he honestly did want to try to make a difference because he made more money when he was a senator <laughs> i mean <laughs> yeah. just sitting around writing books and i mean he's princeton educated this yeah. has a pedigree out the yang i mean so it's like yeah you know, he, he took a, he took a major hit because he was trying to do something that was truly civic-minded and indifferent but it's like the only thing they could always attack was his policies but it's like, you know, yeah. and I mean, it wasn't just like I said, when he was getting stopped by Congress, we still need to, like I said, it wasn't just Republicans that were stopping his stuff. It was Democrats. Yeah. yeah. These, we, these conservative, ultra conservative Democrats that we put into or have been put into Congress that, you know, voted against the Health Care Act. I mean, it wasn't right. just Republicans that shot that stuff down. Yeah, because so, that's the thing. I have a... Um, a democratic representative here but he's definitely conservative oh, you know yeah. what i mean so oh yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah it's not even you know he might as well be a republican but um but yeah i mean there's um yeah there's that i i did have a carryover question from our conversation about relationships that i wanted to get to and for some reason it's just popping up and bubbling up in my head um if we can go back to it i i I do uh, Dan Savage, who does like Savage Love and Savage Love Cast, and he has this acronym for some of the the questions that he gets all the time, which is like DMFA or just dump the motherfucker already, mm-hmm. um, because it seems like a lot of times people when they write into him or call are asking basically for permission to break up with somebody, and I don't know what it is. Um, I'm, I do. What is it so? Why is it so hard for people to break off a relationship with someone and they know it's wrong, you know? And you know, I guess have you written about that or any of the the topics um, that you've discussed, Chaka? Mm, not. Uh, I don't think I've concentrated on like breakups specifically, mm-hmm. uh, but I will say that for anybody who is uh, struggling with that or finds it to be a struggle to break up with someone, first. Find out why you why you are looking at it as a struggle. You know, is it because the person is violent? Is it because you think they will retaliate against you? Is it because you don't have the strength to stand on what it takes in order for you to let someone go? Um, so that's the first thing. First, look at it. Second of all, you if you if you can't be with them, you gotta you gotta come up with an exit plan. And then, you know, maybe you should dump the motherfucker already. You know what I'm saying? But you know, everything isn't that easy. You know, some people right. aren't just like like that. You know, some people stay in relationships because they look at it as well. I I, I can't just run away from every problem. I you know I can't uh, leave this person like this and there and die straight. So it's a it's a little bit of a loaded yeah. scenario. But if yeah. you you definitely should break up with that person if you hit rock bottom. Yeah. And we all know rock bottom is a place and a stage where you just, you can't, you know, sick and tired of sick and tired. You know, you hear that all the time and you can't do anything else, but, you know, carry on and go in a different direction. Yeah. So, you know, you, you accountability, that's what it's going to take. If you can't be in a relationship with someone anymore, 
break up with them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and, and maybe you could change that into um, maybe a friendship or something like that, that you both can benefit from. It may not be where you're calling each other every day. It could be where you're just only communicating through Facebook or you can send maybe a text every now and then you just have to change with the expectations of sort of whatever the initial understanding is. And, you know, you can still be there for them, but just in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. This is some, I guess for some times I've, I've, I guess, experienced it myself when you definitely have these strong emotions for someone and you're very attracted to them and they're, they're, you know, make you feel like no one else would, but at the same time they do things in your life and in ways that are contradictory to your your goals in life or they make you feel like shit or they do some things that are just emotionally hurtful and things like that. And you, yeah, everyone on the outside is just like, come on, dump the motherfucker already. Like we already know this is awful. <laughs> but from this, uh, yeah, it's kind of like, I don't want to hear your problems anymore because I already told you to break up with them and you just keep talking. About you know, there's always been that person to me, I guess. But it's they, real easy to say that from the outside. Yeah. I think you said when we talk about now, it's one thing, like you said, if it's just a casual something, but when you talk about relationships, right. When and you're in a relationship, there's a level of emotion and things that are that go into that that are not we don't turn our emotions on and off like that most of us. Right. right. It takes some time. So it just like it took time to get to know one another and develop that relationship. For some people it takes the time to kind of back away from that and say, you know, let me really look at things and kind of see, well, maybe I thought it would work out, but it wouldn't. But it's not a, a on and off process. And I always tell people it's real easy to say, oh, just walk away and leave when you're not in it. Yeah. I would say that was one of the reasons I... I Hold on, Malcolm. I'm yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Because um, I didn't realize that Mark had left us a while ago. Um, I'm trying this whole thing where people are talking to us. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, Brian Lawson said, the question is, Malcolm, was it a drive-by that you wanted to turn into something more or a drive-by and what you found out you were done with him? LOL. Well, Again, you know, we're, talking, we're going back to that whole dating the guy thing. That I think that actually relates to this topic in a sense that um, because, <laughs> because I do, when I do get in relationships and I have been like, all in and the person other person hasn't been i find you know casual relationships where we are just on the surface level um somewhat refreshing right now in my life you know it's like i don't really want to get deep and and hung up on somebody who um you know can drag me under and all that kind of shit although i just realized that you know there there are dangers there as well um but no i i definitely enjoyed it the casualness and, for what it is. Yeah. And uh Michael Rose to what we were just talking about. Uh from personal from personal experience, it's a struggle because I'm trying not to hurt their feelings. Yeah. That is a good thing. That's something a lot of people struggle with. They think that Which I understand. I I don't we can't be responsible for hurting someone's feelings, you know, because if that is the if that's what we have to go through in life, then you know we'd, we'd be adjusting how we interact with someone every time they have a bad day, every time they have a good day, every time you know they bring to a level of it could be potential instability emotionally. Like a person's going to, I guess, bring to the table whatever they are feeling. But yeah. if something is not working anymore. Then the best way to handle that is to be truthful about it and decide. 
You have you know, to do what's best. You have to do what's best for you. Yeah. You have yeah, to absolutely. do what's best for you. And Sometimes you have to be okay with relationship being a bad guy. Not working being bad for you. guy doesn't mean you did the wrong thing. Yeah. I mean, gotcha. If I'm the one yeah. that knows this is not working and I'm just the one that happens to be mature enough to say it's not working and this is unhealthy for both of us and I walk away from it, I am going to, because I've been, I, I've had to do that and then you get labeled as the one that basically, oh, you destroyed the relationship or whatever, but you were doing really what was best for both of you guys. So, but I had to be okay with that because for a while it really was like, I don't want to be perceived that way. But it was like, no, I have to do what's right and what's healthy yeah. for me specifically. But even sometimes you're doing it for both of you guys and everybody. The other person just doesn't see that. Yeah, because I think in the attempt to not be the bad guy, you can even be worse. Right. Especially when we talk about the ghosting thing where people just don't want to be in their presence or on the phone or whatever in person to say, I'm not interested in you anymore. Feel that it is easier or maybe even better for them just to walk away and not say anything at all. Not give that person closure, which is, is that really fair? Is that really fair? Yeah. Someone that you've slept with or someone that you've attempted to get to know, you've let them into your world, they've let you into theirs. So if, they, if there was a mutual understanding to like really go in and like have some sort of foundation, I think that both people owe it to themselves to have a closure and just absence like just absence where you just completely cut the person off without any explanation. I, th- I think that that is a selfish position uh, for a person of a particular I agree. age to, you know what I'm saying? Now, if you're 19, yeah. only 21, I mean, come on. Yeah, but yeah. You know, I, I still think, I'm sorry, I, I, maybe it's acceptable, unacceptable. If you're in your 40s. You know, yeah. in your 40s is definitely unacceptable. Yeah, it was some experience, yeah. And I would say, yeah, experience level on that. But yeah, it's just, yeah, I think it is like a selfish thing. It's also like a fear thing. I think when I, because I did have a ghosting thing happen to me recently and asking and talking to them about it later after they felt a ways about it, they were like, they were afraid of me blowing up at them, you know, which is a selfish thing. It's just I like, I just bull- don't want to be. I'm sorry. I call bullshit on that. Yeah. I'm sorry. It, I call bullshit on it. If you, and if you're talking about who I think you're talking about. Yeah, I call, mm. I call double bullshit. Oh, that's not talking about. Enlighten us, please. Uh, no, nah, this is. No. I already dug my grave enough. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you always want to know the business, but you ain't never sharing on the internet? Exactly. Are you a top ball? Because this is an educational forum. Um, uh, forum do you get ahead on the regular basis? We're enlightening everyone, and I think that you guys should enlighten all of us on everything so that way I can walk away with a greater knowledge. When you buy what them, I do you too many people talking at one time, people? <laughs> now, what Derek, what you said? I said, when you buy them. Do you do face down, ass up? Um, do, you you prefer, say do you prefer the victorious position? <laughs> no, actually, it's funny. I did have a question for Juwan because I was, I was, I was going into like some check it out stuff, um, and I saw Sailor Moon come up. I don't know. I always associate Juwan with anime. Juwan is. He was answering my question. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw Sailor Moon pop up in my in my feed. No, I saw that. Episode. 
the transformation of Sailor Moon for a moment, then that had to come back to reality. As you were saying about <laughs> Yeah, apparently, I guess there's a new Sailor Moon coming out in 2017, or is it new, or is it... Uh, re- it's not, it's, it's, Sailor, it's Sailor Moon. I'm sorry, go ahead. It looked like a reboot to me, and I don't think it's warranted, to be honest. It's Sailor Moon Crystal. They're going yeah. into their fourth season. Okay. Yeah, they've 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 redone they've redone the show and it's closer to the manga. Okay, I the actual cartoon. Yeah, yeah. I definitely know there there are a lot of I'm not a Sailor Moon person myself, but the people who are are go all in. It is it's a it's a joy to experience someone else's joy of something, even if you're not into it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like um, I forget it was that movie. It's some movie where. It was a knocked up or something. And he was talking about having kids and he was looking at his kids blowing bubbles. And he said, you know, I wish I loved bubbles as much. You know, I, I wish I loved anything as much as my kid loves bubbles. <laughs> you know, as they're walking around. Um, and that's kind of how I feel sometimes when people are true fans. You know, even if I'm not into it, I get off on other people getting off, I guess. Anyway. <laughs> so, um, but yeah. Sailor Moon. <laughs> you just open up another door. Um, yeah, yeah. To add, um, Legion, Legion, there, Legion, there, says, "Star Trek, and any Sailor Moon fan knows exactly what he means by that." Yes, <laughs> I know. Yeah. But, um, and, to add, and a happy Star Citizen Inferno to you too, Legion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah um, surprisingly, Silicon Crystal has been doing well. Yeah, I'm, uh, everybody didn't. Uh, a lot of people weren't, weren't fans of this reboot that uh, when it started because of the way it was looking and the way it stuff. But it actually took off pretty well. Yeah. All right, guys. I like it. I like it. I just want to say thanks, Shock, for showing up. I've really enjoyed myself, um, guys. Um, so hopefully, I get to put your legs up in there next week. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I said, "Is it leaving? Is it time to put your legs up in the air?" I don't know what it is, but people love clouded on Lottie today. Like, he's just going in on you, man. God. When it comes to my love life Mm. and when it comes to dating, Mm-hmm. Um, I can truly say that Atlanta has been Atlanta has been good to me. I've met <laughs> a lot of people. Um, I've learned a lot of things from different people. Uh, when it comes to my sexual <laughs> sexual um, appetite, uh, sexual appetite, um, I can definitely say it's behind closed doors. I, I'm not one of those people who spread myself thin mm. amongst the community. <laughs> I like to get to know who I'm dating and who I'm having sex with. So I got to have that, that interactions. Um, yeah. And what role I play in my relationship is whatever role that my, my relationship needs me to play. Yeah. Well, we will and definitely be supporting husband. About your role in relationship. I want to know about your role in sex. <laughs> I'm asexual. 
<laughs> well, well, we'll definitely bring up some of those again, Lonnie. And thank you for being here, man. All right. So um, anyone else have a check it out? Because I actually wanted to reiterate one that Chris had last night. I, I did check out his um, recommendation, uh, Chewing oh, Gum. Chewing Gum? Oh, yeah. You I watched like the it? first. Oh, my God. It was so funny. My face hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I fell in love with this character. Um, I, yeah, it's that, actually based on a play that she wrote. Okay. Yeah, and the actress was also in one of the episodes of uh, Black Mirror. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, the, I just uh, she plays the the flight attendant at the airport in those dots. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. True. I yeah, am is... so sorry. But I'm gonna have to ask you to leave now. <laughs> oh god, yeah, she's great. Um, comedic actress, like she, she blew me away in the one episode. I haven't seen. I guess it's only six episodes, but yeah, um, it's just like a a young woman, um, young black woman who wants to lose her virginity, and she's kind of done know what the fuck she's doing, and she's goofy and funny, and um, she's sort of hilarious awkward situations yeah it's pretty it's pretty good so i'd check that out it's on netflix chewing gum anyone else have um any recommendations i i have one um from the music side um okay if um you have not had a chance to uh common released an album last week which is uh very great um he actually this is his first album in a couple of years he hasn't done one in a while because he's been doing the acting thing. But a uh, great album. Um, okay. And definitely worth listening to. And also, um, A Tribe Called Quest for True Hip Hop Fans. I was going to say, yeah, they, they really impressed me last night. Right, yeah. are, that album is awesome. Yeah, they were releasing, they released it digitally already, but the it actually comes out officially this week coming up. But um, it's a great uh, tribute. It's their last album, because of course, one of the members is deceased, but they used a couple of guests and um and some previous recorded material and did um it's actually a double album it's two discs but um it is a really good uh they were of course pioneers in what they did with hip-hop and yeah. um, this is a, a very very great record so i mean musically a lot of things are going on of course i mean um everybody has already been ranting and raving about solange's album but yeah. really releasing it um as far as Hard CD also in the next this week, so um, you know uh, for those that actually want a copy of the actual album itself and not just the digital version, she's releasing it um, to stores um, this week. Okay, so, um, that's I definitely cool. enjoyed. I, I definitely enjoyed a seat at the table. I'm, um, you know, when it came out, I wanted to talk about it. I guess there was so much else going on, election and all that other stuff. It's a great um, album. It is a great album. Reviewed at number one um, on the pop charts and. I mean, they are, I mean, the album from just uh, artistically uh, what she's done and just even in what she's talking about. It, it talks a lot about what's going on right now. Yeah. So, a very relevant album. And it just happens to also just be a really good album. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. Definitely yeah. Uh, worth a listen to also if you've not checked out. I'm yeah. sorry, I know this is random, but your cat has been masturbating oh. for an hour. She is literally getting the pussy. 
Oh no, that's funny. <laughs> she getting her snacks ready. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Uh, um, I do have a check it out. It's uh something I saw earlier today. Where uh Scarlett Johansson has a new movie coming out. Uh it's the Adam. Have you ever seen the Adam <sighs> Ghost in this channel? She's playing the role of the main character, Mikado. Um, so she's yeah. Look out for that. For yeah, her. I did see it in our trending. Um, yeah, it's trending right now in the entertainment section. Uh, Ghost in the Shell. A lot. I'm, of on the, I'm on the fence about that. I'm a huge Ghost in the Shell fan. Man. Yeah. I'm tired of this shit now. You afraid they're gonna fuck it up? I'm afraid, well, first of all, I'm afraid there's no Japanese people in the damn movie. <laughs> but no, no, she's the only one that's not Japanese in the movie. Everybody else is. Yeah, she's the lead, so yeah. she should be Japanese too. Yeah, oh, she did yeah. it. I agree with that. Yeah. But the creator of it, but the the creator of it gave her the green light to play this role. So that's the wonderful you know, thing. J.K. Rowling is real. Um, you know, she's real inclusive too. But mm-hmm. ain't no black people in this new uh, movie coming up. <laughs> well, yeah. In 1920s New York, ain't no black folks. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. That's a good point, Derek. That's a good point. Grab your fucking life. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. mm. a uh, time where they can actually have black people be magical and it be okay. You can't find no magic black people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's an actual good point. Baron Mordo does not count. I'm just saying. <laughs> the what now? Baron Mordo. Baron Mordo does not count. We make no. that very clear. <laughs> but he, he, he doesn't count, right? Because he's only one black person that we've seen be magical in the movie. He's supposed to be black. Hmm. He's just black in the movie and not in the novels. In the comics and in the novels too. Well, it depends on which um, storyline you you were talking from. Uh, It's not the ultimate universe. What's wrong with that? No, yeah, yeah, because there's some he is black and there's some he's not. There are some that he is black. I guess. Like Nick Fury. (laughs) Some he's white. There are are two Nick Furies, though. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we do have a black Nick Fury. Right. We also have a white one, too. Mm-hmm. And some universe, and in another, another universe, Cyclops is black. So, what you got to say? Yeah, you trying to read? Don't do it. No, I'm not y'all trying to read. Y'all, 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 jumped, y'all jumped on the Doctor Strange. I talked about the world. Well, you know, I, I do want people to check out. Hey, if um, if Mark were here, I think he would. Uh, he loves the memes, and I don't know if he's checked out these Joe Biden. Uh, Barack Obama means <laughs> it's like I think they call them like you know imagine conversations between and there's like a whole list of them. I saw two or three yeah. of them, but then I went on and I found out there is a whole slew of them. So they are hilarious. They are. <laughs> I mean, it's just like Joe Biden wanted to be shady as fuck, and you know Barack just saying chill, Joe, chill. You know, <laughs> it's a lot. But I think the one that I saw first was something like, um, you know, I left I left a 
a Kenyan passport in the drawer and a prayer mat in the closet just to fuck with him. <laughs> they were in transition. And then there was another one that says, um, you know, Biden says, Brock, uh, stop laughing. Uh, this is serious. And it says, what is it, Joe? Um, don't ever go to Kenya again. Why? Because Tr- Trump won't let you come back. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, they are clowning. Yeah. They are clowning. Yeah. So it's 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 funny. We think, need some laughter right now. Yeah, we do. Mm-hmm. That's what I was saying. Like I think people, the internet comes through sometimes uh, some brilliant shit, and um, those are pretty good. And yeah, it's better than better better than just laying in the despair of it all. So, right. Um. But what else? I guess. Um. Walking Dead episode four is coming on tonight, and uh, Westworld ninety minutes. Yes, a 90-minute episode is true. So I guess we're going to finally get back to Rick's group after a couple of weeks of the, you know, they took a break. And um, we'll see what uh, what's going on in Alexandria and what the new world order with Negan is like with the, the people. Um, so, it's a, I, you know, it's definitely taking a new direction. I know some people left the show after the savage beating that Negan gave. Um, but you know, yeah, it's, it's a new, I think they did. They did lose a few just because of the level of the violence. I don't know. Like hardcore fans probably, uh, enjoyed it, but that's the thing. Pete, they lost viewers or readers from the comic when, um, that happened. So, I mean, that's probably a sign of success. <laughs> if you, if you're trying to recreate the comic on television, story yeah, like you, you shocked people so bad that just like I can't, <laughs> I can't. <laughs> and now, if that was your intent, then okay, well, yeah, it's not for everybody. So, um, but um, anyone else? Uh, any additional shout-outs, shameless plugs, uh, invitations? I will give my regular shout-out to uh, myself. <laughs> um, find me on poppychuloradio.com where I am part of the panel that discusses Queen Sugar uh, also how to get away with murder um, we have some other wonderful shows on Papa Chulo Radio also there is Reality, the LGBT show, there mm-hmm. is High Tea with Carla Stilwell that is a women of color show which is just fucking entertaining um yeah, so, you know, poppychuloradio.com, pop culture on demand, check it out. Absolutely. Uh, and I was yeah. actually um, on the music front, um, Joe also released an album this past week, and uh, he did the cover of Adele's song that was on the internet that was everybody was talking about how great a job he did it. He actually recorded it and put it on his album. She gave him permission to record it. So oh. um, for those people that were talking about that, which he actually did do a better job at it than her. So, um, you know, if you are a fan of Joe, he has a new record out and it's actually very good. Okay. That's cool. Did you mention, um, I'm, I hope I'm saying her name right, Emily Sanday? Uh, Emily Sadi. Emily Sadi. Um, yeah. From the UK. She's a very big songwriter. She um, also, yeah, she dropped her album this past week. Yep. And she is um, a lot like Sia. Um, she writes a lot of stuff that people don't know with her, um, but she um, released an album also this past week, which is actually very good. Also, thank you, Devon. Yeah, 
And, um, you know, make sure to, uh, I'm going to do a, a selfless plug. Um, I'm also doing another podcast with uh, Jimmy Thomas called Jimmy in the Brain. Hey, Jimmy. Yes. <laughs> We're actually going to be talking election and um, uh, talking to adult entertainment. We have a... Um, we're gonna, we, you know, we've talked porn and stuff before, but yeah, we're going to uh, interview uh, some of the, I don't know if you know, there were some laws changed about, um, you know, the porn industry. Condom use. Yeah, condom yeah. use. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that and, uh, you know, the election in general and some of the down ballot races and stuff like that. You know, that's always a, a joy of mine. So, um, yeah, just look for jimmyinthebrain.com. You can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play and all that good stuff. And um, yeah, and, and join us next week for, you know, the regular Sunday M3 Hangout. Uh, we also discuss uh, American Horror Story. The finale is coming up this week. And Mark hosts the Entertainment Hangout every Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern. Um, thank you, everyone. Thank you, Shaka, for joining us. And I hope you will join us again. Like I said, if you have an a investigation or you want to, you know, write a new article or um, just... I definitely want him to come back after he writes this New York story. Because I was... Yes. Really, I really <laughs> well, yeah. I can tell you that it won't be anything that... Um, first of all, it's my city, so I'm going to treat it with respect. Just like, I mean, I think I think I did a, you know, respectful job with Atlanta. I wasn't gruesome. Mm. I couldn't get, get y'all in. You were, you, you were truthful. Mm. What's this thing? <laughs> Oh, I love it, Atlanta. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I, we really enjoyed your, we really enjoyed your commentary, and um, we'd love to have you back. And um, thank you, everyone who joined on the panel and then the audience and your feedback. It's always appreciated. You know, you tweet us at Mail Media Mind if you have any topics. There's a contact us link on the blog, and you can go to Facebook slash Mail Media Mind to send us messages. Um, we always appreciate your feedback, and uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. All right. Peace. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a five-star rating in iTunes, whatever podcatcher you use. It really helps people find the show. And if you'd like to get more content from Mail Media Mind, visit MailMediaMind.com. There you'll find links to YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and many other social media platforms. If you subscribe to us on YouTube, you'll get a notification when we record live. From there, you can join us in the chat. Drop us a line and be a part of the conversation. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next episode.